Oh, three, two, one. Yeah, yeah. Let me make sure that the jism is flowing. <laughs> <laughs> I said jism. Yes. Oh, goodness. God. My goodness, it's jism. Three, oh, two, go. and one. <laughs> David swallows. Three, <laughs> <laughs> uh, three, two. This is going to be... Only after some wine, though. Fucking That's crazy. right. Yeah, I got to, you know. Or no, pineapple juice. Pineapple juice. You watched you watch yeah. Justified. There you go. That's hilarious. Patience. Such brother. a good show. It oh, is. It's so awesome. Three, two, one. 11 o'clock comics episode 205 nice you're crazy up in this bitch I can tell tonight it is yeah Good. David's got an hour on all of us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? yeah. Nah, nah, I've been sipping since I got home. Alright, good man. Sipping up the tea. But sick, so I had to up the proof level. He had to kill the germs. <laughs> yeah. That's so Bring out some protective coffee. Respect. Mm. Mm. What? Is there a long intro? Is that one? I think you're breaking the pause. No. I mean, yeah, it's fair. It's fair. About a minute and five. Nice. Yeah. Let's keep talking. By the way, I had forgotten how divisive the voicemails were until we took until we just brought a batch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Tony. But did you know? <laughs> Emphasis. Emphasis. Did, did you notice that I tweeted the phone number today to someone, and David got like three or four voicemails? I'm sure he immediately did. after I tweeted. Yeah, I'm sure. Every time I'm off in the Gmail. Uh. Forward, forward. That was great. Frank from Boston called. He's gotten much better. Oh, with, with his Boston. No, with his Christopher Walken. It's actually oh, nice. really He's, funny. It's, 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 it's called AC. Is it yeah. Dave? Actor? What about my boy? Uh, what about my boy Whitehead? <laughs> funny you should mention that. Just waiting for you to get back to Facebook, bro. <laughs> oh, don't, because on this episode <laughs> we have an appearance from Whitehead Customs. No way. Yes, and he does <laughs> say, Jason Wood said, you know the guy who won't friend me on Facebook. That's oh. awesome. He's funny. I love Dude, how crazy guy. is that? That well, I don't even want to talk about it because I don't want to give him any uh any oh, ammo. But that Dude, thing that uh, Rio sent that uh, oh we can yeah this part can probably be heard. Yeah, that 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 dude from that that like had a feud with Peter oh, and Demer and I from like four years ago. He's still holding a grudge. That's crazy. It's, in, it's insane though. But the rationale in that whole thread, they are railing against the very thing they are aspiring to be. Fire? No, they're 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 criticizing those guys for doing something, and they're doing the same exact thing. I'm lost. You know, was, you know what's funny? So so, yeah. so that thread gets gets pimped, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, Daryl, you know our buddy Daryl, he yeah, texts me Darryl. being like, "Why you gotta be mean to?" To some other podcaster. I'm like, what? What? And he, he saw that thread and didn't realize it was from four years ago. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, wow. dude, the guy's talking about something from four years ago that I didn't even remember happened. And he was like, oh, wow, that's kind of yeah. scary. I was like, I know. That's well, pretty was, right? yeah, I, You know who it was. I don't want to get into it. Yeah, yeah it's not. We'll, 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 yeah, it's not worth yeah. I don't want to give them the, yeah, it's not. It's just worth very it. unfortunate. And I, I think, ultimately, though, I think they paint a picture of us. I read the whole thread and I. I had to agree with one or two things, but ultimately, I think they paint a picture of us. That's just not true. I, I harbor no hatred for anyone. 
I, I'm I'm not an, an elitist at all. Jason certainly us, not. Our show, elitist. our show. Well, they mention us in there. It was more about me. Yeah, yeah, more, more about Jason. But I, I just, well, I yeah, kind of. I mean, I mean, that goes without saying. <laughs> of course. But yeah, but he's not. He's he's a lovable dude. Here, it's, it's all good. We can talk about it after. It's, yeah, we could. It's definitely not something I want to uh, no. give credence to on the uh, on the I show. I don't like any comics to talk about. We yeah. do because this Let's is what comics. eleven o'clock comics, everybody, and I am Vince B. And I gotta ask. Are you switched on? Are you? Are you switched on? You should be, because it's time for our brothers from the stars to come visit us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I, I, lo- I love how he finally gave up, your boy, who was talking about, like, last year. How, how two, two times, second time in October, but how the end of the world was coming, the rapture. And he finally was like, you know what, maybe I was all wrong. Maybe I know, I right. Off. And third time, oh, those other two times, not the right times. Now it's the right time. And I have a DVD that you can tell you how to survive. And wait for it, wait for it, and wait for it. <laughs> this better be a joke because I'm following the crumbs. And I'm Christopher Neesman. Wow. And uh, not, we're not going to talk about all comics because we've got to go back. we got to talk about The Walking Dead. And I have to give props to King Dap because you know what? He's right, Lori. A bitch. <laughs> we oh, have to talk about that. And, and I am. I, I am David A. Price. And we not only have to talk about The Walking Dead, we also have to talk about maybe some Green Lantern and some Young Justice. Look wow. at you. Setting the pace. Pace Damn. set up. Dap. I don't know who all of you plebeians are, but I am Axwell Tiberius. No. No, you're not Axwell Tiberius. Am I losing it? Who am, who am Axwell Tiberius? What? That's, I'm not connecting. I am sorely disappointed with all of you. Wait a minute. I only what? know one Tiberius, and that's yeah. James. James Captain Tiberius. Of the, of the oh my real. gosh! There, our listeners are hanging up on us right now. Why am I not connecting? Who is it? Just tell us. Monkey Man, dude. Oh, oh. my God! Talk about 1994 wanting their joke I'm back. Saying what? that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. See, I that's just Monkey Man. I know O'Brien, but Monkey Man, I just called Monkey Man. You know? Hey, dude, why did I say Tiberius? Twitter. I saw. I saw something with Monkey Man last week. Why have why am I here? Um, maybe he was. Um, did you read the uh, CLB, CBLDF uh, issue? The Liberty yeah. Comics? No. Mm. He was in that last one, but. Okay. And you're not Mr. Tiberius. You are Jason Wood, everybody. What's up? 11 o'clock comics sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com, where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge Wamba discounts. Remember. The 300-page Creepy Presents Richard Corbin hardcover, 50% off, will cost you $14.99. The culling of those who pass on this book will not be a pretty thing, for real. <laughs> the culling! Batgirl number one hardcover, Gail Simone and Ardian Siaf, is 50% off as well, $11.99. Jeremy Bastion's Curse Pirate Girl hardcover from Arkea, 45 You even said his name right this time. I did. And I said Arkea right. 45% off you can grab this thing for a lousy ten dollars and ninety seven cents you got to get it even if you have the original issues you got to get it because it has a new yeah but, but but it also costs you like an extra three bucks because you have to buy a magnifying glass because if you don't look at mm. jeremy's art without one then you're you're not seeing everything excruciatingly fine detail it's i i think i think he like you know like plucks like a single like eyebrow or an eyelash and finishes things off with that <laughs> it's 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 ridiculous how detailed his stuff is maybe it's a daguerreotype mm. i don't know and eddie campbell has a new book coming out from top shelf 
Mm-hmm. Lovely Horrible Stuff is the name. It's a hardcover. It's 45% off, and it will cost you $8.22. Where Ooh. else can you get Eddie Campbell for $8.22 on a hardcover? Nowhere. You can't. You Discount cannot. Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Take it away, Wood. Yes. So um, in May, for those of you who miss us terribly, you will have a chance to see a number of us. But uh, you're not allowed to come to our houses. So you're not, we're not inviting <laughs> for you, there. Those of you For those of you who can't make it out to C2, yes, that is true. Mm. You can come to Piscataway, New Jersey on the weekend of May 5th and May 6th. It's no Chicago, but it is. It's not. It is that's nice. true. And squeal like a pig. <laughs> <laughs> Super Dude, definitely not show. Chicago. Our, uh, our good friend Chris Eberly uh, is putting on, uh, in, in conjunction with the CGS crew, is uh, putting on the Super Wild Pig Show. It'll be at the Embassy Suites Hotel in Piscataway, which is uh, pretty close to my house. I'm sure a lot closer to my house than any of the rest of y'all. Yeah. But uh, certainly anywhere in the tri-state area, it's, uh, it's certainly very drivable. But um, we talked about it for a few weeks now. I'm pretty giddy. It's, it's, uh, it, uh, it may be one of the few cons actually hit this year. Uh, so, uh, so if you want to see me, this will be a place to be. Um, but listen, here's the thing. It's a shopping con, 60,000, 60,000. That's not a made up number. That's a lot. 50 cent issues, 50 cent. Every single back issue, 50 cent. And they're not rough either. That's right. Yeah. Very good shape. Exactly. Chris is always buying collections. This is not like, uh, you know, it's not going to be 40,000 copies of, uh, not me, Chris. Yes, correct. It's not going to be 40,000 copies of, like, Not Brand Deck. It's going to be, you know, yeah. lots of cool stuff. That wouldn't um, be a bad thing. It wouldn't no, be bad. no, no, no. Maybe 40 copies, but okay. um, there's going to be 2,000 plus trades at 50% off. There's going to be, uh, for Vince's uh, old classic comic magazines uh, for 50% off, tons of uh, other trades for five bucks a piece. Uh, a bunch of guests. So yes, we even we even managed to get some guests of some renown to come to New Jersey every now and then. Um, we've got uh, Riley Spooky. Oh, yeah. oh, so oh yeah. I heard what um, I heard. Uh, what's his name? What the 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 answer? No, what's his the who situation? Is he? The situation. That yeah, answer. he he got checked in for um e- for drug either drugs or a, a venereal disease, one or the other. That he's <laughs> not going to be able to to. I have no idea who that show. is. But. I've lost some respect for you that you actually know this, Chris. Is, is well, that I was the, morning news. Is that I know Snoopy's Jersey, pres- uh, pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Is that yeah. one of the Jersey Shore people? It's what, yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Well, no, he won't be at the uh, con. Thank no, goodness. you're but, people, uh, Jason. You're people. Well, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like saying farmers are my people. Dude, I love farmers. We're not allowed to step all over the spot. It's not as bad. God, it is bad for him. Go ahead. Anyway, sorry about that, Chris Eberly. Chris Neesman is to blame. Um, Riley Brown will be up in that piece. Nice. nice. Love Riley Brown. Fred Chow, who's a cool dude. I've hung out with him a bunch of times. Yes. Peter David. Oh, who's Long that? Time. Yeah, you heard of him. Who he wrote the whole probably there too. Um, let's see who else. Rudy Nebris. Which, uh, <laughs> I always gets Vince uh, excited. Uh, let's see. Uh, Alex Robinson will be there. Nice. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, Joe, St- Joe Statton. Staten, Get out of here. Mr. Yeah. E-Man himself. Uh, our, part. our buddy J.K. Woodward will be there, which means that you could probably count on Daryl to be there as well. J.K. is not a jerk, people. <laughs> no. And uh, and last but not least, Lee Weeks will be up in that piece. Oh, good God. Ow. That's cool. I think there's going to be almost 40 artists. Um, and then, of course, there's the raffles, which are ridiculously cool. A lot of the guys that uh, are, are buddies of ours that are regulars in the forums have won things over the years. Omnibus. Omnibus. Um, 
uh, absolutes. I'm just looking at the list here of what they're going to be auctioning off. Basically, if you, if you buy a ticket, you get a ticket for the auction. Um, there's going to be uh, Complete Bone, the uh, Fantastic Four Burn Omnibus, the uh, Avengers Omnibus, Absolute V for Vendetta, Absolute All-Star Superman, Absolute Crisis on Infinite Earths, whew, tons of Absolute New Frontier, Kingdom Come, mm-hmm. the Simonson Thor Omnibus. Can't go wrong uh, with any of those. It's crazy. There's tons more, tons more. Um, ooh, ooh, the uh, Amazing Spider-Man Romita Artist Edition, which is... Oh, yeah, out of time. We're gonna, well, we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, and nice. I, I've got some bones to pick with at least two oh. of okay. Oh! All right. So anyway, the, uh, the, the last more thing bones. I want to say is... Uh, <laughs> uh, no, is by all means, please pre-order your tickets if, you, if you're thinking about going. It's um, wildpigcomics.com, and uh, I think for the weekend, it's $10 if you uh, pre-order. Otherwise, it's ten bucks at the door or fifteen bucks at the door for the uh, weekend pass. So, uh, like I said, we and, will. And hey, as somebody who has organized a convention before in the past, buy those tickets ahead of time because it is such a a huge deal for convention organizers to not be in a huge it's amount true. of debt by the time that they yeah. open up the door. It Basically, people, is... if uh, if you want King Dap to show up, you got to pre-order because he's yeah. got a really hefty appearance fee. <laughs> Everly I was just say, I'm waiting wait yeah. for my press pass yeah. registration yeah. email to come through. So, mm-hmm. all right, there so you go. Uh, and Mr. Everly, before the con doors open, please have that box. Remember the box with the <laughs> DC 100 page giants in it on the side, Vince with the sharpie. Just have that waiting for me. I can't, right. I, I, after the drink roll call, I can't wait for Chris to tell us how wrong we are for not thinking Ramita Senior is a definitive Spider-Man artist. Okay, now let's do, let's wow. seg- segue. Into the drink roll. We got, we got lots to talk about. Let's let's pick my brain there, David. Segue into the drink roll call. All right, Vince. Um, Oh, which by the way, I was in Florida for like six days and almost exclusively drank Yingling. I and I believe that they sell more Yingling in Florida than they do in Pennsylvania. They have hmm. to. It's a damn good beer. They're in spring training. Yeah, it is everywhere down there. it, I, th- I think it is like the dominant um, beer on tap, and it, certainly in Southwest Florida, it was it was every place I went into they had Yingling on tap, and it, it's very good and it's very cheap in comparison to other mm-hmm. beers. Yeah, I mean they had it at the ballpark. Awesome. By the way, speaking of spring training, uh, uh-huh. David, Christopher, and myself will be joining nine of our best friends uh, in the realm of fantasy baseball tomorrow evening. Yeah, so eleven oh sluggers. King Dap's first ever foray into the world of fantasy sports. He's a yeah. virgin. Yeah. No, well, well, baseball. Yes, I did. I did partake in the AC fantasy football league. Oh, okay. At least, at least once, but yes, no, you got me for baseball, dude. Nice. Well, this, this is my sport, David, and once I'll make everyone my bitch again this year. <laughs> you know what I'm drinking? <laughs> what are you drinking, Vince? Vince wants to talk about something. I do. I like, am drinking. Assuring us along. Sobey Life Water. This one's called pomegranate Sobe? nectar. Yeah, so you 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 <laughs> jump to the front of the line to talk about fucking water. Fourteen pounds, Sobe. buddy, and counting. Nice. So, Look at you. Sobe life water, pomegranate nectarine with coconut water. I think you've been you've been Sean water. Payton. You're fourteen pounds. Good for you, buddy. Yeah, and uh, a kai fruit punch. It's acai, but that's okay. Is it yeah. really? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. acai. Yeah, it's water. You're Who Sean Fred makes these rules. You're suspended <laughs> drink roll call until you bring some some booze. Jason, Vince, I've, I've been benched. But, but, but Vince, been benched. 
the the fourteen pounds you lost, I I have them for you right here. So <laughs> in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> 14 pounds of swinging meat, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, wood. Uh, you'll be happy to know that uh, for the first time in a few weeks, I am, am, am partaking. Um, I'm pulling a page out of the uh, DAP uh, ledger and I'm drinking some Mapema Malbec. Uh, it's a yeah, Argentinian yeah. Malbec. Uh, right. It's 2009 vintage. My wife is a big fan of it. So uh, I uh, cracked, uh, cracked one open tonight. Nice. Cool. And David they, they will like this. We had uh, the Menage a Trois uh, play this weekend. <laughs> and it was you, Sal, and uh, Marta. Uh, <laughs> oh, <there is. laughs> Anybody got a Brillo? <laughs> I scrubbed my friggin' eyes. Uh, really, really interesting uh, rosé, though, because uh, the white wine component was a Gerwitz demeanor, which oh, nice. very Gesundheit. Uh, it's very that's a that's a very fruity sweet wine. Yeah, so. it's almost like a dessert wine. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, uh, kind of forget uh, I forget the the other two, but uh, uh, the reds. But yeah, that it was a Gruitz demeanor was was kind of interesting. Uh, okay, uh, Dap, how about you? Uh, I wish I had some nice. I have had the rosé. I do like it. I, I prefer the red. Renee likes the white. But the uh, tonight. I've been. I, was, nah. I, I, I tried. Uh, oh, I love that. I love that Sonic commercial. The um, <laughs> I, I was trying to find a place. I'm. I'm. I was out of wine all weekend, and and I've been. No, well, not Jones and not Feenan, but I I've been wanting something for the drink roll call, and I I checked two liquor stores on the way home yesterday. Finally, found a place that had something decent, and um, tonight I am having. The Little Penguin from Southeastern Australia. So this is for uh, Leaf and Sec Man. And this is uh, a Cabernet Merlot mix. What up, Dan? Okay. Yeah. Speaking nice. of Aussies, we're going to see, uh, we're gonna see uh, Rowan here pretty soon. Yeah. yeah. He's on his way. He's going to get in town early. Um, for my drink roll call, I've been sick this week. So I'm having some, uh, some hot black tea and uh, chasing that with uh, it lasted almost an entire year, guys. It was uh, the uh, uh, the house gift from uh, uh, from you guys staying uh, staying with me last C two E two. It's my bottle of uh, Knob Creek uh, nine year old oh, single yeah. Oh, yeah. single barrel reserve, and I'm having the very last shot from that. And that's a it's a hundred and twenty wow. proof uh, Knob Creek single Jesus. barrel, and it is. So delicious and feels so good on this sore throat, Chris. Nice. It's like have, drinking uh, Gugan. Have have, mm, have you awesome. have, have Chris? Have you tried the um, the new for Maker's Mark, the new Maker's Forty Six yet? No. Okay, I'm I'm dying to. I, I hope to pick some up probably next weekend. But what's the Forty Six stand for? It's just it's I I guess it's just a smoother, more a... sippable Maker's Mark. It's not it's not flavored. It's not a liqueur. It's just it's a different. I would hope not. Cause they I can't think call it's it bourbon then. Right. Yeah. It's it's uh I think it's I think it's um. But if it's Forty Six, is that like percent alcohol? Because that would I I think the amount of brain cells it kills. That would be a, well. That would be like a hundred and shut up, water drinker. Uh, <laughs> that would be like a hundred and two proof, which would be pretty pretty tasty. No, I'll, I'll check it out though. Ma- uh, Makers is you. It, it's not my favorite bourbon. Um, it 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 got a, a a big reputation as being a small batch bourbon, and it's not it's not bad. There are 
I can count probably 10 other bourbons in the same price range that I prefer to, to makers. But, you know, it, it got some a nice little kitsch value with the, uh, with the wax drip top. Right. Yeah. With and, the red oh, I like that. Yeah. 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 Which, which nice. is, which is cool. And it's, and it's good bourbon. It's, it's, you know, all bourbon is good. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I, I can name, I can name several others right off the top of my head in, in that price range that, that I would prefer. Uh, Buffalo Trace being one of them. I, I think like they, the Buffalo Trace. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Buffalo Voice. Can I go first? Go ahead. Well, I'm excited. I uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is how it long? like a half hour first? Yeah. Like I mean, no, many, no, it's many, not. How many, how many pages of notes? Oh wait, wait, no, 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 no. Wait, wait. I have I have one thing. I want to make everybody aware of this right at the beginning. It, it's not a thank you. I want to let everybody know of the nine 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 reading challenge. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. This is this this is on the forum again. Doctor Teeth Devin, who of course is is the Dr. man Tooth. spearheading the um the, the gift exchange every year. Wait. Uh, the, the man's unstoppable. He now has decided to create a challenge. It's the 999 challenge, which means it's nine categories, nine books over nine months. It starts April 1st, so you have time to sign up on the forum. Um, it, uh, we have a forum thread for it, April 1st to December 31st. It's nine categories, one prose book in this category, one member approved or member selected category and then the other seven are of your own choosing so this could be like a a non an un-american category where it's just european or, or manga books um un-american comic books that's, you know hey there you go but it's it's well i mean hey i think ryan or somebody gobo somebody mentioned the un-american category so I, that's why i ran with it that's un-american um it's but it's 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 if, like, if, if you are like us who have a vagina pile and and just want to vagina at at uh, it's not that hard to say vagina <laughs> if if you want to just like, think vagina because just, just think that and just think of Vince when you're thinking about it That's right but please. if um but it's it's a really cool idea to kind of just plow through a bunch of books that uh, <laughs> that, that have been sitting next to your nightstand just wherever and and uh, like I said the forum thread forums nice. at and uh, and just find a thread we probably will sticky it once once it starts in April but everybody is hey, uh, hey, hey. maybe maybe I don't know if we have like a dozen stickies we get kind of carried away so it's I hate uh, a sticky Regina uh, you know seriously <laughs> throw some powder on that bitch but have you guys ever uh, met Dr. Teeth in person yes yes in New no. York last year did we? He is, yes. He is, he's a, oh you're right. Big, he's big, and, and in Brooklyn, because he was there that night. Yes, that's right. When, when Ryan, when Gobo fell over the. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 he, the, flan- he fell over the, the swamp thing. Yeah, the, the flower pot. Yeah. yeah. That's what uh, Mike, Mike Myers gave his big ups. Yeah. yeah. He gave so his big ups. It's, 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 so, yeah, no, so, def- <laughs> so, so, so the 999 reading challenge, I wanted to make sure I got that out of the way at the beginning before I got a little. Tarnish, so. And what's the flip of the 999 reading challenge? 666! 666, Satan! What's the phone number, Vincent? Oh, uh, can I do it? Go ahead. We have a new hotline number. It's 206. 206-666-3612. 206. I'm doing it. I got yeah. the thing. I get <laughs> Chris, can you say the middle three numbers? 206. Please do it. 206. 666. Three six one two. Hello, boys. It's Taylor from London again. Um, just something for you to uh, read and watch this week, as and when you get a chance. Uh, first off, 
watch Black Mirror by Charlie Brooker, fantastic British television show that shows various bits of dystopian future, good stuff, get involved. And also go and read Rambo 3.5. It's free on Jim Rugg's website and it's the best comic I've read in about three years. All right, bye. All right, let me go first here. Go ahead. I was very excited for this book. I did not pre-order. Must be a Marvel book then. No. <laughs> but it's hey, Marvel. It's, Marvel, it's, Marvel put out my favorite book of the week so far. It, it's so it, far. it has ties to Marvel. Okay. All right. Uh, it uh, came out today. I was a little leery until I heard who was drawing it, huh. and I could not pass it up. Timothy Leary. Or? Once I, once I learned Dennis uh, Leary. No. Oh, when, when, once I learned the nature of the artist, it is published by Archie. Good old Archie comics. Of course comics. it is. But it's not, there's no indication on the front of the book that it's published by Archie because the imprint is called Stan Lee Comics. Oh, yes. really? You're talking about a Stan Lee Comics book? Oh, yes, I think yes. because I know I mean, the, God, the Godfather of Comics. It's Stan Lee's Mighty Seven. It was oh, yeah. oh, conceptualized yeah. by Stan Lee. The script is by Tony Blake and Paul Jackson, who wrote for Lois and Clark, I believe, uh, with Stan Lee. Pencils by Alex Savick, the great Alex Savick. Yeah, yeah. Bob Smith on inks. John, I'm better than everybody else, Workman on letters. Ah. Tom Smith did the color. Stan also edited this with Paul Kaminsky. Uh. And, of course, it was published by John Goldwater of Archie Comics. It starts off... Pretty damn good. Um, Stan gets repeatedly gang-raped by a squadron of salacious parademons, and they knock him down, take his glasses off, rip off his hayband slacks, and... No. Why didn't you stop me? You knew that wasn't the comic. <laughs> Guys, you have no timing. Um, here's, here's the real story. Yeah, it starts off with a spiky-haired, um, leather-clad, tough guy named Blastock. With a K, yeah, Blast Talk. Oh, see, that switches it up. And he's, <laughs> I know. <laughs> he's, a, he's a dude with the ability to fire laser blasts right from his bare hands. <laughs> right? So th oh, th this, this dude breaks into a private res residence intent on making a high and mighty corporate muckety-muck pay for his crimes. See, this guy manufactures water filters. And he poisoned the city's water supply in order to coax the populace into using his product, thereby disposing of a few hundred innocent lives in the process. And Blastock's not having it. He breaks into the dude's house and buries the man under a mountain of rubble with, with one, yeah. quick, one quick eruption from the palm of his hand. Bang! The assassin is observed by the high-flying Asora, a Kring star marshal who attempts to bring the murderer to justice. She is decked out in uh, garb very much like Cable. Yellow yellow um, shoulder pads, gauntlets, knee pads, boots, and the uh, across-the-chest kind of belt. Sounds more like Profit to me. With pouches? <laughs> no, it's it's yellow and blue, so it's, ve it's very Cable-esque. I'm cracking David e tonight, I'm glad. Even yeah. more Cable-esque, she has platinum blonde hair and platinum blonde wings. So she breaks in, I'm a star marshal, what the hell are you doing? You can't do this. Um, and she tries to bring him to justice, but the arrival of her partner, a powerhouse named Valor, two L's, Valor, tips the scales. Uh, the not Mon-El? Not, not to be confused right. with Glory. 
You is know, it once, once you hyphen. No, 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 no. <laughs> but honest to God, once you see the costumes of the the team they eventually become, it screams Captain Marvel. Is it Valor with two R's or no Valor with two L's? Two L's and V A L L O R. It's not Valor, but Valor. And, they, and 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 he looks like Cable. Valor does look like Cable. Uh, see, so, um, who who did the art on this? Alex Alex Savick. I felt okay. No. <laughs> Shut up. Um, and the battle ends with Valor chap, yep. connecting a massive. You can't say chap yep when I'm doing something. Uh, like connecting, connecting a massive. <laughs> Mark Patella. Stifle. Come on. Keep it down. Uh, Valor connects with a massive roundhouse punch oh, to Blastock's jaw, renders him unconscious, okay? But when the vigilante wakes, he finds himself incarcerated with four other prisoners aboard a Star Marshal cruiser, mere moments away from a hyperspace jump. Turns out, Blastock has a history with the Star Marshals because he was once in the Academy, along with Valor and Asora. So, so they're, they're friends, but they parted ways. Um, Due to some unknown rift, and um, they're now enemies. I mean, they don't take well to his vigilantism. They want to bring him to justice. He doesn't take too well to his new digs. So he and his fellow prisoners try to break out. The prisoners that are incarcerated with him are Mercuria, a crimson-haired speedster. <gasps> nice. A, a rotund bouncing boy clone named. <laughs> Yes, named Ovalax. This dude can make himself real fat and bounce around. That's his thing. Right? There's a yeah. You got fat. Ovalax, man. There's a telekinetic named Telepan. Oh my god! And his brother, get this. Focused on something he doesn't even. You can't. No, but this is good stuff. I said Carl Allstater, and he doesn't even. I know. That's okay. His his brother. Wait, are are you suggesting this book? Yes, I am. It's very good. Oh, okay. Uh, he has uh, Telepan's brother is named Fade Out. F A I D O U T. Fade Out, and he has the ability to. What would you think? Fade Out. He can shrink like the atom. Whoop! Get real small. Yeah, that makes sense. So this group takes advantage of a split second vulnerability in the ship's defenses. See when it powers up to to drop into hyperspace, the defenses in the ship for that instant they're compromised. So what um, Fade Out suggests is he's in a separate prison, uh, a, a, like a, a cylinder-type design that he can't shrink. There's, it's it's um, hermetically sealed. The dude can't get out. So what he suggests is, guys, crack this case. I'll shrink down. Get me out. We'll take advantage of the, the, the uh, compromised defenses, and we'll get the hell out of here. And that's exactly what happens. They put, The ship powers up to go into hyperspace. They crack the thing. He gets out. But what happens then are villains, and that's in quotes because I don't, I don't think they're all villains. Uh, of course, Blastock's not exactly a villain. He did kill somebody, but the guy was a bad guy. <laughs> so um, they break out. Who do they run into on the way? Duh, Asora, Asora, and Valor. So they 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 throw down big battle, culminates in guess what? The ship's navigation is uh, kaput. And the thing goes spiraling out of hyperspace, crashing down to a beautiful blue planet named Earth. And who do you think is there to see the ship touch down? Who witnesses the event? Stanley. Stan the man himself yes. witnesses. Oh, see, that's the thing. 
Stan. So it's a true story. No, Stan is a character in this comic. He plays oh, himself, sweet. and it starts. It starts off best comic they, ever. They won me right from page one. It shows Stan at the keyboard. His his glasses are illumined with the CRT glare from the monitor, and he says, "I'm Stanley, but don't hold that against me." There you go. <laughs> you won, you won me over right there. Self deprecating humor is always funny, that's especially true. when it's Stanley, that's right? How you have me for long. Get get this. He uh he goes to the Archie offices, looking for work. The Archie bullpen, the 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 comic Archie offices are in this book, right? Stan says, "I've never been here before, even though I've been in the business for years." And then it's a tight shot of Stan's glasses, and reflected in his glasses, it says. Archie comics in reverse, right? He says, I hope I can see the boss. I never thought I'd be writing for teenage girls again after I finished Millie the Model years ago. And he's smiling, right? And and all the people in the Archie offices are like looking at him and there's a girl taking um, art boards, right? And her blouse is so low cut. I cannot imagine a girl like this being in the Archie offices. I can't even imagine her being an Archie comic, right? So Stan you haven't been keeping up with the, the Archie CEO then. Mm. So Stan is sitting there with John Goldwater, right? And Stan gives him his pitch. Here's what I got for you. And Goldwater says, you know, this is pretty interesting, but this is not really what we want. We want superheroes. And, St and Stan says, I'm going out to the desert to clear my head, sort things out. I got to decide even if I want to write another superhero book. Like he wrote one in the past, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's... It, <laughs> Too funny. It's, you know, I'll you tell you. The Stan voice, by the way. Thank you. This, I mean, I love Alex Savick. Uh -huh. uh, he has such an unpretentious, matter-of-fact line. It's just an absolute joy for me to, to look at his work. It's so mm -hmm. crisp and clean and just, just, just plain functional, right? Like, like yeah. vintage Herb Trimpey. Uh, his, his line is stripped of, of any kind of flourish or noodling. It's just precise, boom, to the point, right? Because Savick's been in the business a long time, right? A long and time. You, you would think you, when, you, when you hone your skill over that many years, why would you say something in 12 lines when you can say it in one or oh. two, right? That, that, because drawing, it's equally important in drawing to be aware of what marks not to include mm -hmm. as it is to know what, what to throw down, right? And Alex has that nailed. It's just so... And that's the first Savick work in a long time though right uh no, well yeah. no he does the um i'm sorry he does i believe he does the sunday amazing spider-man strips yeah but oh, he, wasn't okay, he working okay. for um but he um fem force like a ac comics didn't he work for that company for a while i don't know i'm looking at the um comic book db which i don't know if it's you know it's fairly comprehensive i don't know if it's perfect I, though and uh I have a Cyclops head sketch from him in my sketchbook from nice. the yeah, you do. So, we, we, David and I stood in front of the man for a good half hour. I mean, he chewed yeah. our ears off. Yeah. Yep. He's awesome. But there's also a, a subplot with, with some kind of earthquake triggering device, and this, this scientist is, is trying to prevent massive earthquakes by relieving the, the, pressure on the on the tectonic plates by inducing these little tiny earthquakes and uh he's a bitch he, he treats his his uh co-workers like shit and he he, he clocks the guy running the, running the computer because he got the wrong sequence and uh so of course the man sabotages mm. the computer and things go kablooey and the cover of this comic features this gigantic monster this this skeletal 
beast and they're all the the mighty seven is fighting him but it, he doesn't appear in the comic and there's a little tiny floating head on one page and it says i'm the reason he'll regret it but you won't meet me till issue number two <laughs> this this is so much fun mm-hmm. it's it's 2.99 from archie comics it's a stan lee book and god help me i enjoyed every damn page of it you 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 and alex agura need to meet vince why why because he's the PR rep for Archie Comics. Yeah, yeah. That's you're like true. his. You're like his best. I mean, you're, he wrote. You're, he wrote Archie meets Chris. Uh, meets Kiss. Kiss. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And isn't he writing the? Um, isn't he writing the uh, yeah. Occupy issue as well? Yeah. Yep. Yep. But he's really. Cool. Uh, he's actually. Um, really he's good prob- friends with. What's that? No, no. I was just gonna say he probably spoiled the uh, the end of the Sonic storyline on Who Twitter. Oh, oh yeah, it's probably him. Damn yeah. you. <laughs> but oh, and that hardcover came out today. Sonic Genesis, beautiful hardcover in in shop. Yes, he, he, he is uh, he is friends with uh, with Adrian M, right? With Ryan? Uh, yeah, I believe. Well, I mean, they used to be roommates. Actually, I don't know if they yeah, still are, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. I love him just by his association with Archie Comics because they are absolutely. doing some absolutely phenomenal work. Yes, lately. they are. And it's not just lately. It's been the past like handful of years. They've just been knocking out great storylines, great books. They know what. Seemingly, they have this this uh, intuition about what people want because their Sonic book it's pushing all the right damn buttons. It, Mega yeah, that Man, is a good book. And it's yeah, really, Mega Man's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, love you Mega have, Man. You have the video games, but I mean, ever since I mean, even yeah, I mean, for the longest time, it's been it's been Archie, it's been Biddy and Veronica, it's been Jughead, it's been Double Digest. But then you had Kevin Kelly, you, you had Kevin Keller, and you've had that that, that slight change. He's but gay. you had he's gay, you know. Don't hold yeah, it against. But don't him. judge him by that. Right. He um but even before that you had you had where Archie marries dot 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 and then I know, you had, it's cool. And you had his uh the older Archie magazine and and they have you know, I mean they they've been just doing they've been tweaking little things here and there and you've had you've had Tom DeFalco write a bunch of stories for him. You had the man from Riverdale and, and uh Ron Friends. And you've and yeah, I mean they I mean um yeah. Rich Kozlowski does does inks for them. He does. I mean, they've yeah. done I mean he's he's they seem to have. I mean, at this point, when you talk about Stanley, I think I'd really only be surprised right now if you told me if next week someone said that I want to recommend a book from Dark Horse and Stanley wrote it. I just don't know that <laughs> no, yeah. there's anyone that that really that that kind of Stanley hasn't really written for at this point. Yeah, yeah. and you know, you know what else Although, they do really well? What they make it incredibly easy for you to get their books. If you yeah, don't want to buy them, yeah. if you don't want to buy them on the newsstand, you can get them digitally. I think they were one of the first comic digital. companies yeah, to, to, to yep. tiptoe into digital, and they do package deals. You can order. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a coupon in this first issue of Mighty Seven. If you like this issue, you can get all six issues of this limited series for fifteen bucks, shipping included. That's great! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Three dollar cover no, they price. Do a six great times job. three they is really eighteen. Yeah. They're, they're giving they're giving you a, a deal there, buddy. Mm-hmm. I love. By it. the way, David, you were you were not surprisingly correct. Uh, Alex Saviak has drawn the Spider-Man Sunday comic since 1997. Damn, nice. good for him. I, t- I tell you, that shit drawn by Larry Lieber that's in oh, the that, comic shop stuff. weekly. Oh me. God, that's horrible. It's, yeah, it's, no, I mean, it it, it's, visually, it's I like it, but hey, the stories. You know oh, when when uh, when tell Renee Mary Jane to stop crying. <laughs> well, oh, recently there was an arc with uh, with Thor. And it was the movie style Thor with the oh nice the crimson was looking but but uh, what killed me was that uh, and I even I think I tweeted this when Renee was in the hospital in February the uh, I I took a picture of it and in the newspaper it says Amazing Spider Man 
sans hyphen. And it killed me. I couldn't mm. believe it. How are you going to have that in the newspaper? But anyway. Wow. I know. Oh, picky. Yeah. I know, right? What the hell? <laughs> Someone gives a shit about their name. But, um, <laughs> but no, so who's, who's, who's next? I'm not I got to go. I got to do it. I got to do but, 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 it. But, 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 I'm not done. Oh, oh I thought you were, I'm sorry, my bad. You're not done. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I just wanted to hear Chris piss and moan. No, no, no. I was, I was going to just let the, the he's, quorum. He's looking through his, uh, his, his, his artist edition. He's good. Well, listen, I, I got looking at the definitive Spider-Man artist. <laughs> Honestly, Chris, don't you think, doesn't this Mighty Seven sound like a good book? Yeah. You, you have to be at least a little bit interested in... in, in you you yeah. sold it. You, okay. You're always good at selling you things. Yeah, no, you did, you did. You did. No, you it's did. very enjoyable. Next. So, so listen, you got to sit back and relax. Because oh, I'm going to learn, learn, learn you something. Oh, really? You're going to be the bus driver? Because you're going to oh. take us all to school. David's... Oh, Christopher. David's very randy this episode, isn't he? He is. He's fired up. Yeah. I suggest so, you drink this every episode, whatever it was you're drinking. All right. Oh, sorry. Okay. All right. Well, listen. I need to, and I'm going to speak for all of us. I'm going to speak okay. for the group. I know that uh, a lot of times we are often, uh, in the podcast world, if one host says something, it often becomes the... Uh, the declaration uh, of all hosts, right? Like on, you know, yeah. on Twitter or the forums, uh, someone will be like, "Why do you guys hate this?" or "Why do you guys love this?" And we're always like, "Um, you all of the Black Canary costume." No. Right, right. Guilt by but association. But in this case, I am going to take the liberty of apologizing for all of us because oh, okay. the four of us owe our listeners, the loyal group that they are, a massive apology. We've mm. done them wrong. Mm. We have, we have. Bes- this better be have, good. We have besmirched their character. We have sold them short. We have done them an injustice that's as grave as any we've ever done. We did it very but it's it's an understood relationship. <laughs> are are we going to be hoisted on our own petards? We are. We are, <laughs> we are Ike, and they are Tina. Oh, oh no! Damn! Mm-hmm. Don't be talking about Ike like that. Because the simple fact is, I had the great pleasure of catching up on Fantastic Four this week. <laughs> Oh, really? And I have to say with complete candor that we have been so remiss in not sticking with this book. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have an opinion of that, and I haven't read it, but go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm glad you crept through pie, and I haven't read it, but that's fine. It's really <laughs> odd that you're talking about this, Jason, because this was brought up today at the comic shop as well, and I'll okay. probably say okay. the exact same thing. Go ahead. So, so... um. For those who haven't, I feel like every one of our listeners has listened from the beginning because I can't ever fathom this. Yeah, to, like stumble yeah. upon us and start listening, but, but, but for those who haven't, you know, we're we, we so high on it to begin. Yeah, with. The four of us were absolutely yes. gushing about the beginning of Jonathan Hickman's run and Dale Eaglesham's uh, and Dale. Yeah, it was right. It was Dale. It was it was Jonathan Hickman and Dale Eaglesham, and we spoke at least Gorgeous. I feel like for a few weeks in a row or a few months in a row we we talked about the the book and we're just giddy for it, and then Eaglesham didn't stay on the book. And uh, certain things happened, and we we sort of one by one fell off. We yeah. we I don't I don't remember even like who was first or who how, but 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 at some point within the the first year year and a half of Hickman's run, we 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 stopped talking about it. At least I think a few of us, maybe David and I in particular, probably kept reading it a little bit longer than that. But we didn't we didn't really talk about it. Just kind of like it it ceased being something we felt compelled to talk about. Well, um, this past month uh, with issue number six hundred four of Fantastic Four. Um, Jonathan Hickman wrapped up what was a three-year uh, epic story. I mean, it was a three-year, you know, he, he 
he started the book, I think, in what, 587, I think, right? Is yeah, that right? something like that. Sounds about right. Uh, and then the book turned into FF, renumbered mm-hmm. to number one for a bit. And then on issue 600, the 100-page uh, oversized anniversary went back to 600 and then has continued. And then FF has continued as well. But, uh, but, but the, the, the book that we consider FF Fantastic Four. So, um, so Hickman's been doing it, like I said, for three, a little more than three years, I guess. Well, look, uh, we're talking about 30, well, almost 40 issues probably if you count the FF issues that have overlapped. And it's certainly impossible for me to, uh, since I'm not Vince, to uh, give you a blow-by-blow account of, uh, of what's happened in the last three years. But I have to tell you that um, for me, I was reading it, very much into it, and then um, a couple things happened. One, the, uh, the artwork wasn't working for me. Um, you know, Steve Epting took over. And I think it's fair for all of us to say that Epting is a quite a good cartoonist. I mean, he's certainly done oh, stuff yeah. that I've liked quite a bit. I agree. But I thought that in the context of the Fantastic Four, which is, you know, at its best cosmic and just mm-hmm. otherworldly and just... Too ground pure, level. You know, yep, right, just sci-fi, level. just out there, you know. It, uh, I just felt like his style, which again is fantastic. I don't, I don't want to besmirch the man's talents. Just nope. to me, didn't feel like a good fit. It just felt stiff. You know? It's more street level than it is fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Go, go, do, go do Daredevil or Punisher or yeah, the, yeah. the Captain America spy stuff. Right. Which was right. Don't, right. That, yeah, that's don't a, do that's exactly exactly my but, main complaint with the book. Sure, sure. And, and you need that, an artist that. capable of bombast. Yeah, and that was a that was enough, I think, to put off most of us. And 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 I I kept with it for a little bit, but then, and again, I'm not. I don't want to turn this into like a bitch fest, but I'm just saying, sort of chronicling why I fell off with it. And that's. And then that, Epting was, you know, I didn't feel he was a great match, but it's still Epting. I mean, he's still a quality cartoonist. And then, you know, frankly, um, some other people started doing the book, most notably Neil Edwards. And again, I don't want to, I'm not, you know, this is not about talking, you know, but for me, just for my personal aesthetic, he's not a, not, not a flagship, not, yeah, not a flagship not, not, artist for a flagship, correct. quote unquote, title. Can you say that again, Chris? Hey, I'm not disagreeing. No, because I want, da- I want David to hear it. Like not a flag. <laughs> not, it's supposed to, okay. It's the first. It's the it's the first. It's the first series. That, yeah, so, absolutely. You would and think. they and they were billing it, especially under Hickman, sure, sure. as being a flagship title again. Sure. Erroneous. You, you know. You know that that infinitely compressed molecule of star stuff that gave birth to the Big Bang. That's the Fantastic Four. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, let's. Yes. It lost yeah. its way, but so Jason can get back to his point. Yeah. Mm. So so, and then for me, what really got me to basically stop reading it and it became a, a Regina pile thing was um, was the death of Johnny. Um, and, and can we put that in air quotes? Because I know. Yeah. I know no. No. Exactly. Yeah. The quote unquote. Say how how it wasn't a death. I mean, I read the issue. I read mm-hmm. that issue. I went back to read that issue, and I did any other time under under Burn, under Simon, under anybody else, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have read that and felt that Johnny was killed. I just, I thought a mob would have taken him away, but I never saw it as Johnny killed. And I know that that marketing being what it is, right. maybe they, they they build it as the death. I didn't perceive it to be the death as I'm reading the issue. But I know that that is one thing that kind of maybe soured people in the fact that they kept pushing that. And even, yeah. even an amazing Spider-Man as, as in, in 681, in 680, 681, 
Johnny's like, well, I died, and he keeps. I mean, he keeps harping on the fact that I just came back from from being dead and whatnot. And, and I, I'm still at this point. I'm like, you weren't dead, but I, again, I didn't continue with it, so I'm gonna let you continue. But I just, yeah, I know. yeah, yeah, right, and, and exactly. And so that that happened. And and for me, kind of what you're getting at. It, again, there's nothing inherently wrong with it, but I, I read it, and then it because of Johnny's quote unquote death in the negative zone, which was a heroic. Again, if it was a death, it was heroic, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, the book takes a new turn, which leads into the FF, the, the, the relaunch is FF, which is Future Foundation, where, of course, they have the white and black costumes and Spider-Man joins and that sort of thing. Um, now, to be fair, I basically shelved the book at that point. I kept buying it, but I wasn't reading it. And um, it's just, again, one of those things, you know, I, I've read Fantastic Four pretty much my whole comic reading life, so I wasn't going to stop buying it. People may think that was silly, but, you know, it was whatever. I just kept buying it, but I thought, okay, I just didn't feel compelled to read it. Um, but then the last few months, uh, some people that whose opinions I value um, and who I think had similar frustrations with, with Hickman's run at certain points started saying that it was kind of getting back on track, if you will. So, you know, as you know, I've, I've talked about the last month or so, I've been really trying hard to uh, catch up on my regime because some of the things are ridiculous, like multi-year back, you know, back piles of certain books, and it's just ridiculous. So I was going to pile through, plow through my captain america regime but then i thought you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do this ff thing and see what see what i think um and i'm really glad i did because um again if if one of the main criticisms people have is that the the story was really long well well that certainly is valid criticism because again you're talking about three years and hickman certainly put a lot of uh concurrent and complex ongoing arcs into this you know you had the four cities, right? You had the Inhumans. In fact, I know that uh, some people were taken aback, but there was one issue that didn't even have the FF in it. It just had Black Bolt and the Inhumans. <laughs> um, there's, there's the 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 Kree Empire and and uh, and Ronan, who's married to Crystal now, and, and what he's going to do. And there's um, there's uh, there's the Doctor Doom angle and and Kristoff, and that he's running Latveria and. Doom's relationship with, with the Fantastic Four. There's the Council of Reeds, which again is what started his run, which we were all really excited about. There's Galactus. There is uh, this, the Mad Celestials, which are the group of Celestials that wiped out the Council of Reeds early on in the run. Um, there's... What? Well, you probably stopped reading at that point. But there's... Um, you're, you're all fuzzy, by the way. There's uh, the, a- the, the aspect of Franklin being, you know, which, which again, long-time readers know that Franklin is... In, off the charts Omega class mutant. He's he's arguably the most powerful per- mutant ever to live, but for a long time, I mean, what it's been probably 15, 20 years, he's effectively had you know mental dampeners that that have kept him from accessing his powers. But as we know in Hickman's run, he gets his powers backer, but but he hides that from his his family. There's Valeria and her genius. There's uh, Nathaniel Richards, which again is a character that appears in Shield, Hickman Shield, as well as FF, and he's a time traveler, and he's got seemingly, um, he, he's he's got, uh, he's his mo- his motives are at cross purpose. It seems at times. So there's all these layers. There's there's Ben Grimm being upset about Johnny and his and 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 Reed's actions, and and Johnny uh, and Ben leaving to go to the Avengers and basically distancing himself. There's Sue and Reed having a lot of tension. There's just all these things going on. And, and, you know, talking about 10 to 12 different plot lines. And then, of course, I didn't even mention the Future Foundation, which is that within the Baxter building, they, they basically bring a bunch of, of genius kids into the fold, which are Alex Power and, um, you know, the um, uh, 
a couple of the uh, Moloid kids who actually are mutants because they're actually intelligent. And there's um, there's Artie and Leech, and there's um, uh, what's his name, the uh, the, the big dragon, uh, uh, the big dragon android guy. Um, oh, Dragon Man. Yeah, yeah. So so there's all these characters, and so there's just a lot going on, you know. And and I I definitely felt at times that as you read it, you're kind of you're feeling a little lost. You're feeling like it's meandering. It's hard to to really wonder if if Hickman's just all over the place, but I have to tell you, and again, we can get a debate as to whether or not this was the right way to go, but I have to say that within the last, from issue 600, which is the oversized anniversary issue, which is also where Johnny comes back, um, from that point on, it was, I mean, I have to tell you, and this is not hyperbole, I thought it was probably one of the best big two superhero arcs I've read in, in years. Um, wow. It's one of those things where, you know, the the idea of does the end justify the means? Um, the way this book end well, he's still on the book, but the way Hickman wrapped up this three-year arc with 604, those, those five issues plus the FF issues that were overlapping at the same time, so let's say like those six to seven issues, were so unbelievably satisfying and so cohesive and literally brought every one of those seemingly non-sequitur plot devices together and put a bow on it was masterful storytelling. I mean, it's, it, there's no hyperbole. It was masterful. I mean, you're left with this feeling of satisfaction, like, aha, that's why he went and spent two issues on this, and that's why he talked about this, and that's why he did this, and oh, okay. And it was so unbelievably satisfying and also really, really um, just, uh, you, you know, whether it be TV or um, a book series, or whatever. Sometimes the, the the finale of something you love is is disappointing. You know, whether it be the Sopranos finale or the Lost finale, whatever it may be, there's something that you you love forever, and then it ends in a, it comes to its end, and because it's not the end you always pictured, it just feels hollow. Well, I didn't really know how this was going to end, but because I was so frustrated with points of the journey, I really thought that it was going to end with a whimper, and it it's one of those things like it just really it, it just satiated me. It really did, and I mean, it was just cool stuff. And I don't want to—I don't want to do a lot of spoilage, but there, let me just say that that there are some amazing moments here. And and you know, we always when we've gushed about Fantastic Four in the past, we've talked about how at its best, it's 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 epic, right? It's big, big ideas and 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 fun, and it's about family, and that's what this all was about. I mean, Hickman, I, I think that he, and again, kudos to Marvel for giving Hickman the runway here because. Absolutely. He really, you know, I think one of the problems that I've had with mainstream comics in the last few years is that, you know, we've been through the ringer, right? There's only so many different story tropes they can tell us. And so since we've been reading these characters and these, these, these worlds for three decades, you know, um, even when it's a really well-executed story, it still feels a little bit like been there, done that, right? It doesn't feel impactful, whether it be a death or a, a you know, a, a, a battle where theoretically the world's about to end or a, a crossover or, you know, it, it always feels sort of like there's no real feeling of significance because we know at the end of the day, the story's going to wrap up and, and it's going to be back to the status quo. And, and, and again, that's just, that's a byproduct of the sequential storytelling mechanism that we're, that's just the nature of the beast. So by taking three plus years to tell all these different things and seemingly in a lot of ways feel like he was getting off track to then pull it all together at the end of it, it felt so significant. It felt more grand and more 
like the earth was really in danger and more like these people's lives were really challenged than I felt in any event that I've read in years. And I think it only was accomplished because he took 35 to 40 issues to do it. I think if he told this in a 12 to to 18 issue run, it, it would have felt again just like, oh, here we go again. Here comes the big threat. Oh, let's see how they're going to get Oh, they got out of it and it's over. You know what I mean? So I, I just have to tip my cap to him. And if if people want to debate whether or not the it was too long or there was a lot of filler and ultimately it's unfair to ask someone to spend 40 issues worth of their dollars and time to get what's ultimately a, a couple issue payout at the end, it's a fair criticism. And it's one that I probably would have shared until I read these last few issues. But I got to tell you, it's going to take a lot for me to ever look back on this run and not think really highly of it because of the way it wrapped up. So I got mad. I got mad love for Hickman again. I got to say, it's I, it's it's mad love. It's all I got to say. I, I okay. I I I know that you know I, I did bail on it. I wasn't feeling it. With, and and for me, the the primary reason was the text pieces was it, it for me it, it's comic it's away. medium it's 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 show don't tell and and it's like when you need a last page to tell me what i'm not seeing after this issue wraps up it kind of rubs me the wrong way especially when you're charging what you're charging for comic books so yeah, and you know what yeah. i've forgotten about that like i'd forgotten because i actually totally forgot about the text pieces and you're right i remember we actually all did complain about that yeah. that was part of it all i can tell you is that in this last regime which is probably i didn't count but i'm guessing it's maybe like 18 to 20 issues i read you know there were none of that there was right. no yeah. i i know usually and and that's what when 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 the forms thread started about this run and and how it ended and how everybody was pleased with it those that stuck with it were, were very happy with it and whether they stuck with it because i don't i think people stuck with it because it was hickman not because it was a fantastic four but sure. it's still it it it's i I'm reading this thread and I'm like, okay, you know, no one's really spoiling anything. And I appreciate that, and and I'm, I'm I'm taking it under advisement. And now that you've talked about it, I'm seriously considering it. But just like, just like Blackest Night and other things where people have talked about, I have to let it sit for a while. So will will I go back to this now that you, Jason, have talked about it? I definitely will. And that's not a slight to, to the people on the sure. forum or the listeners. It's just that when when my boy's telling me, you know, listen, give this another shot. It's under serious consideration. So I know that I haven't been the I, I I enjoy nightly news, but whereas I may have not I may not be the biggest Hickman fan mm-hmm. of the four of us. I you know he's he's doing Fantastic Four, and I've I stuck with Fantastic Four, or at least I've tried Fantastic Four when they've undergone new management numerous times, no matter sure. who it was, whether it was JMS, whether it's Miller, whether it was. McDuffie, it doesn't matter who's worked on the book. I love the Fantastic Four. I and I thank John Byrne for that. But I went back and I read the Roy Thomas stuff, and I read, you know, I mean, I I love the Fantastic Four. I don't want to not read them, and and it 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 does hurt a little bit to not read them, to not mm-hmm. read what should be Marvel's flagship. But oh, it Christ. it's I I had to do that for you. But it's <laughs> it's it's. it's you know, now that I know, and and that's the other thing. It's like, it's if you stuck with it, or if if you know, you know, now that it's been forty issues, give it a shot. And I know that people on the forum have said, you know, you can read FF, you can read Future Foundation. It may not be necessary. You can still read Fantastic Four after it picks up again after the year. But I, I would like to read the entire thing just to get 
everything and and you mentioned thing and Ben Grimm and, and him deciding you know to go to the Avengers and whatnot. I like that that this was Hickman's story to tell. Events be damned. Whatever else was going on, did yes. it feel like at any point when you were reading it, did it feel like he had to? No. Oh, okay. Well, well, Bendis wants no. to read. You know, Bendis absolutely wants to read ben. not. No. Okay. Cool. I, I I like that, and and the fact that he could he was able to craft his own story in this corner of the Marvel universe with the foundation of the Marvel universe. I I I, I, I like that. I, I, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, right, and that's what I was going to say. I mean, that, that's the thing about this is that, again, I, the cool thing about this is, you know, I think it's fair to say that, again, collectively we have event fatigue. You mm-hmm. just saying there's a group. Sure. Part. I mean, we. It's been a while since like an event like knocked all of our socks off, right? I have and, mainstream and I fatigue. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. when I say event, I don't know how many non-mainstream events there are. I mean, well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yes. But but right, what I'm saying is, but but this. And this reminds me of how I used to feel as I think back when I when I was in love with, with Fantastic Four back in the day. You know, it always felt like um I, I can, it's not just when we were young, I, I just remember like and, and again it's part of it is just that we were young and we weren't as jaded because we hadn't read as many issues. But you know, I would read an Avengers issue or an X Men issue or a Fantastic Four issue, you know, or a Justice League issue, and it would be like whoever they're fighting, you know, Graviton or Magnet, whatever. It, it, when you're young, you you the suspension of disbelief is there. Like you think like, Oh crap, like Graviton might destroy the world. You know, like you, you like, and that's part of the excitement, right? Like you, you, in your, in, as you're reading, you're like, Oh, this might happen. Right. And then now that we've read thousands of villain encounters, we're like, ah, even, and that's the same thing. Events We're like, well, the events, all it's going to do is going to change the status quo for the next year of storytelling until they get the next event. In this case, I found myself like thinking again, as I'm reading the, the, the last four or five issues, like, like at the edge of my seat, like, wow, this is big stuff. Like, and it wasn't, and the cool thing was, is that it was all the ideas were not new ideas to the fantastic four loyalists like us. Right. I mean, Ronan and the Supreme intelligence and the inhumans and Galactus and the celestials and doom. I mean, these are all like classic underpinnings of the best stories that the fantastic four has ever told. And Hickman finds a way of pulling them all together and ultimately centering the story as I perceived it again, and I'd be curious to hear feedback on this from people that have read it. The cool thing for me, and again, this is something I think I wouldn't have gotten as a younger person, is that this story, at the end of the day, the real undercurrent of it is the relationship between Nathaniel, Reed, and Franklin. <laughs> okay. and, and, and that's cool, you know? I mean, like, again, I'm a dad. I'm very close to my father, and I have great relationship with my three sons. And so... um that was cool, you know, because it wasn't, it didn't, it felt legitimate. Like it felt like, you know, that was the, it It took the actions and interrelations of all three of those people and the other people that make up the family to succeed in what was a very, very epic, difficult task that they now, were faced is, with. And is this Nathaniel Richards that appeared in Burns Run? That time yeah, hopping. It's, oh, okay, yeah, cool. it's the same. He yeah, also exactly. yeah, he appeared at the beginning of uh, the Eaglesham Hickman. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. it's the same. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. same okay. character. Yeah, but you know, I, when when you were mentioning how we're all pulled into one opinion, I think I was the the sole holdout in the uh, text piece thing. Oh uh, yeah, you were. Yeah, I, I I don't mind it because right. you know yeah, I, I I don't mind weaving a a deeper story with prose if it you know if it 
actually deepens the story if it adds more. It's more <laughs> doing it. Well, yeah, well, no, like exactly. like in Watchmen, those text right. pieces. And and, that's, and and so all right, so so you know, yes, we know Eelsham left, and we know Edith over, and there was Neil Edwards, and and are are you telling me that Hickman's story, the what he's telling, right, outweighs the art. Does it compensate what, for the? I was going to say yes. There you go. Yeah. Cl- clearly, by the way, I just gushed. You, you know, the answer would be yes. But I will tell you to you that the the thing that will keep this, I think, from at least from my mind, ranking up there in the all time great stories is is that the art didn't match the storytelling. Right. I think the yeah. the storytelling at the end was so so fantastic to my mind. No pun intended. Actually, just so great to my mind that it superseded what. Ultimately, I perceive to be artwork that, again, not not quote unquote bad artwork, but just artwork that I personally felt was way too realistic and um, it wasn't. It wasn't a good match. You know what, folks? It's this. This is a medium that it's it's got two sides to it, and they're both equally important. And if one isn't working, then that's half of it. And yeah, now I will say in in school, fifty percent is a failing grade. You know? No, that's true. I will say though that again, you know, if 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 this was Neil Edwards on the whole run, I mean, oh. I don't know that I'd be talking about it right now because I. Right. Just, it, um, but again, as I say, I mean, Epting is not a slouch. He he, I just don't oh. think he's a great fit for this. But 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 again, he's not a bad illustrator. Also, I will mention that that uh, at least for a good chunk of 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 what I think really pulled it back together for me was Barry Kitson on art. Oh, yeah. um, so. And I think Kitson did a great job, actually. And then, but see, that, that was the thing. I couldn't read it just on the Kitson arcs. You know, right? Yeah, you're, miss, you're missing then, a huge FF bunch of side, them. Like once, because FF, you know, as you know, as I said, was was replaced Fantastic for a while, and then in the last like half a year, they've been concurrent. So FF and Fantastic Four have continued separately. It's two separate series now. And um, who's drawing FF? FF is, what's that? Who's drawing FF? Is it Bobley? Well, that's what I was going to say. So, so in. The most recent issues until the last one, which was actually by Epting as well, um, it was uh, a guy named Juan Bobilo. Oh, and yeah. Juan, um, I've heard on the internets a lot of criticism of Juan's work. I will say that Juan's work is really, really stylized, like very much so. Um, kind of like um, was it was it Stephen Sanders who did the uh, oh the, uh, shield sword. The sword, sword, sword. sword. Oh yes, yeah. yes. Um, so, good. like, I know our, I know our buddy Chris Campbell has had had an issue with Bobio, particularly <laughs> the way he drew the um, the he's Dragon awesome. Man, because that he drew, he drew the Dragon Man unlike anything I've ever like. He's not he didn't stick to a model sheet. He drew, he drew Dragon Man like the way Sanders drew Beast. Exactly, exactly. Okay. All right. That yeah. said, though, because the FF, at least in the issues that Bobio took, did were really about the effectively the, the the kids as well as the power as well as power pack who who comes in to join the book and and as I understand it from here cool. on out it's going to basically be a power pack book. Um, I, I thought it was fine. Like, is it is it the best art I've ever seen? Like, was I I, I would it's not something like I I wouldn't buy a book specifically because I see Bobby was doing it, but I thought it worked fine. You know, I, I didn't I, again is. Bobio's art was fine, um, but but to your point, David, no, the the art collectively, I think, is is a little bit of a disservice to the uh, to the story. I, I think okay. if if you know if Hickman had been paired with Eaglesham for the whole thing, or you know Alan Davis, or any number of whatever, you know anyone that's <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I, yeah. I wouldn't it, have left. 
No, that's what I'm saying. It, it would have been, you know, I, I think a lot of people would have stuck it out and had less criticism of the the middle parts of this. Yeah. But, you know, again, at the end of the day, um, especially in today's day and age where everybody writes for the trade and, you know, you've, even with yeah. this DC reboot, you know, where theoretically they had free reign to rethink the way they told stories. I mean, it's pretty much still five, six issue arcs. I got to give Hickman credit. I mean, you know, it, what's funny to me about this is that as, as someone who I think is, it's fair to say I'm a big Hickman fan, I will say that Hickman's stories always start off phenomenally well. In fact, I even mentioned last week with Manhattan Projects. Oh, right, right. Like if like I think every one of his first issues of everything he's done has been like a, a ten out of ten. It's been phenomenal. I think specifically in his limited series, sometimes because I think he has too many ideas in his head, mm-hmm. the end doesn't always live up to the beginning. You know, it doesn't quite wrap up in a way that I think is deserving of the ideas he has. So the long form I think really served him well. And ironically, I would say that he he wins this round because of his ending. Whereas I think a lot of his other work is defined by really strong beginnings, if that makes sense. Yeah, the big, the big concept, but where's the payoff? And this one had payoff and, and yeah, big concept yeah. and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, you know, my whole problem is that there's there's too many good comics out there for my available time and sure. my available money that I can't give you a year to right. to get there. It's... Yeah, like and I that, said, that's that, a perfectly that's reasonable a criticism. You know that, that, that. Yeah, I I think that single issue comics may not be the best way for Hickman to to show his craft. He well, might, I was going to say, I mean, look, yeah. because Hickman's an architect, and because the book uh, sold quite, sorry, well, no, but, and, and because uh, the book sold, what's that? What? I I I refuse to use that. Name. I know. Oh, okay. I, well, I, okay. Marvel yeah. calls him an architect because right. he yeah. is influential at Marvel, and because he is because FF actually and Fantastic Four actually have sold well relative to how it sold in prior, you know, years. I, I have no doubt that there will be a. Um, in fact, oh, it may have already been pr- solicited in on Amazon. There will be a collected omnibus version of this, and I will tell you that I think collectively, if you sit down and read it in chunks, it will read really, really well. But you're certainly right, and it's certainly fair, and I think the fact that all four of us basically stepped away from it, it's an absolutely fair criticism to suggest that, you know, and, and, in, and in, a, in a serialized medium, it's difficult to afford someone a three-year arc. And it, that's a fair criticism. What, was it a two ninety nine book or a three ninety nine book? Um, you know, I don't know. I don't because, I mean, maybe some of us may, may have stuck with some of the DC books longer than maybe they did. And I'm not, I'm not talking about anybody trying to, you know, budget their money the way that... Okay, so, I mean, if, if, if someone was tired of Legion of Superheroes or Action Comics or Batwoman, Batgirl, you know, could they have gone back to Fantastic Four? I, I do... One, one other question, though, is how was Hickman's characterization of Spider-Man in... Future Foundation. You know, well, it's tough for you to ask me that because, as you know, I'm way behind in my Spidey reading. Other than I, I mean, I did read Spider Island because that hardcover, but I mean, I'm I'm you know, two to three years behind, and like I'm still on Gauntlet, you know, like in the okay. So, but but I mean, but fair to say, I mean, so I. I thought it was fine. I will tell you that I don't remember Spidey as being a big factor in all of it. Okay, all right. No, that and that's you know, like, and I, I I'm glad for that because it's 
when I read FF or if I read a spinoff of Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, I wouldn't think even even with Johnny's request of Peter being part of the team, I wouldn't read FF. But still, still cracks me up. Well, here's the thing. I will tell you, and again, I'm, I'm trying to avoid spoilers because sure. because I think if I gave some of the spoilers away, and, and actually, frankly, if uh, a plug for for Dap's other show, if people want like a more spoilerific, uh, true that discussion of this, the last episode of Marvel Noise, which is runs three hours, by the way, for those who can that <laughs> for this out. week, and I'm not even on it. Yeah, Steve That's Raker uh, takes uh, the the host duties for the week, and he and Chris Campbell and Alan uh, are Alan uh, New Mutant. They 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 talk as they do. On occasion, they talk about Fantastic Four. They they talk about Roy, Roy Thomas's run, but they before that they they talk about the, the end of Hickman's run as well, and they give spoilers. So be forewarned. But um, but I will say that uh, that that you know, um, Spidey was as I think he should have been in this book a tangential character. Okay. Um, and, I and and that. and once Johnny and and again, I hope I'm not spoiling by saying Johnny comes back because I think that was hopefully well televised by the fact that 600 he comes back. So I'm apologies to anyone that. Uh, it feels like I, I I spoiled that if they didn't know already, but I will tell you that in the time that Johnny comes back to to the end to six oh four, you know there's a pretty cool scene where Johnny because he and Spidey are buddies, you know they have sort of a you know they have a moment, but but it's, it's by the time when Johnny comes back, I mean Spidey's basically sent to the periphery, you know, like he's there as are frankly the, a lot of the Avengers are there as well because the you know again this is a pretty epic situation they're dealing with. So, um, you know, so thing bring, you know, the, he involves the Avengers as you would be logical. I mean, if, if Spidey and the thing are here, it would make sense, right. That he would, they would bring the Avengers for something that's this significant. Yeah. So they're all there. And so there's like moments with cap and, and Iron Man and Spidey, but, but Spidey feels like a supporting cast member, which is what he should feel like. To right. Me this, yeah. You know, in that book. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. so there you go, people. So I apologize for the for the for the four of us. <laughs> he apologizes. Well, thank you. You know, I, I I never had a doubt that eventually it would get good. So I'm standing on my official <laughs> premise that you know what? It's a monthly comic book. Fucking give up the goods because I don't have time to wait for your ass. Well, and to be f- and this is where I have to say though, to be fair, and this is where I, I plenty of people that we that we know and love that read the book uh, were quite complimentary of the of the book on a monthly basis. You know what I mean? Yes. It just wasn't connecting with us. Like plenty of people I've heard over the last two years, of, and, and even with the 11 o'clockers the last two years, I mean, but plenty of people when, have considered this the best Marvel book on the stands. So Yes. And, and it, but there are some people who, and, and Steve Rake might be one of them. Alan Newmute might be one of them, where if they, if it'd be like me talking about, you know, amazing Spider-Man. Oh, no, no, no. This, this month might be a lull, but it'll get good. You know, it's like I, they're they're almost wait apologetic. for it, right, right. Wait and, for and that's, it. And that's the well, thing. that's it's Alan's like, position, right? I mean, not to exactly. give away. Alan's position is like, God, God damn, it took a long time. But right. much like me, he hung out, he hung around because yeah. you know, whether he's a sucker, he's just a. And I'm glad. I'm glad. It's it's it's, it's, it's off, like you know, it, it, you know it, it, I'm I'm a I'm a huge Fringe fan. The <laughs> TV show. I'll tell you, the first two seasons aren't very good. They're not. Yeah, yeah they are. The, the, no, they're not. Well, yeah. I'm going to tell you the first no, season. No, no. They're, they're, they're boring. The, the third season yeah. is awesome. You, you, need, two, to, you need to care about the characters before you yeah, throw them in. It's a high, right, Vince? Two fucking years is a long time to carry fucking water on right. a series. Man, oh, you're impatient. Holy shit. Did you never, not read The Dark Tower? No. no. Oh, my God. Read me this, because I, I mean, I should. I, when, when did Valeria become. Legit, I forget when did when did she? I mean, I, I want to oh, say the, the 
During, yeah, during the Wade run, back when Pacheco was was right. Like, okay, so, all right. So maybe I see. I didn't. I didn't read the uh, the 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 was it Loeb and and Pacheco run and then Pacheco. Yeah. I didn't read that. I did. I did know that she was she was hot shit during the Wade Waringo Kessel yes. era of of the uh, of the fantastic because that's when I kind of came back and and yeah. I did not read. I haven't read any of the Pacheco stories. I didn't read. I mean, I kind of after Heroes Return and you had Claremont for those like first three issues and and Lobdell and and mm-hmm. and Al Davis and and LaRocca, I kind I left after a few issues into that run mm-hmm. and I really didn't. St- and then they kind of and then you, know, you had to renumber. You had Wade when when Wade came back. That's when I'm sorry when Wade started on the book. Right. That's when I came back, and so I I missed a lot of that, and uh, so I'm not sure. That's when I really kind of knew because mm-hmm. I mean before that I knew Valeria as as being you know stillborn. So that was it. <laughs> right, exactly. I will say you know as much as I love the character, I think he's one of the best villains of all time. I mean I think Doom is a great character. I mean when he's well written, he's a fantastic character. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I think. Marvel could use another like doom level villain that's not named Magneto, who's the always reserved for the mutants. Because, like, if you think about it, like Magneto's been—I mean, Doom has been like—he was the central character. Well, he was one of the central characters in this. At the same, relatively over the same period of time, he was a big character in X Factor. He was the main villain in the Black Panther miniseries mm-hmm. where, where where T'Challa's sister takes Doom over. Doom War, yeah. Doom War. He, um, you know, he's he's been in lots of things concurrently with one another and in each one he's portrayed so vastly differently he was also obviously a major major factor in what i talked about last week with avengers children's crusade oh, and admittedly yeah. admittedly you know you could argue that these all maybe fall into different moments of time and so it, it's i'm not trying to come down like a continuity wonk but when you're reading them all sort of and they're coming out at the same time it's it, it does feel a little bit because yeah. it you know he's different in each one i mean in Avengers Crusade. There's no Kristoff. He's he's getting rid. You know, he's living in in Latveria with Wanda. You know, he's basically a benevolent guy. In this, he's pretty much benevolent, but Kristoff's running Latveria. There's no mention of Kristoff in the other. But you know what I mean? Like in Doom War, he's the villain. It's just like it's Marvel's too quick to to rely on Doom because he. And again, I get it. Like he's an awesome character. He's, be- he's become pretty convenient. Yeah, he's, it's just uh, you know yeah. we need to. I mean, we could just use Doom, another. Maybe Doom we come up with a new country. Head. Like there we go. Yeah, you know. Oh. See, I, 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 I gotta disagree. Okay. But, I, I, I think Doom, by his very name, because well, see, instills fear. It's Doctor Doom. I mean, but, 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 well, Doom know, but don't also, you? But Doom is also Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, you know, when you got a good thing. No, yeah, I mean, exactly. He's a great character, but it's not so much that that. It's just that he's being portrayed quite differently in each book. Yeah, right, it's holiday. Currently. That's all. Right. It's, that, well, I mean, that's like, whole... be like you can be like John Byrne and just say everybody else is a Doombot, unless it's in Fantastic Four. Everybody else. Ah, uh, you always have that out. <laughs> did they clone? Did they make a, a an alternate version of Latveria too? Because I mean, well, you know, I don't. Maybe, maybe. maybe. It's <laughs> hey, you know, Wanda does like the androids, so that's yeah. Uh, hey, right, oh. I tell you though, when they do publish that uh, eventually that uh, compendium of this, I'll buy it. Yeah, nice. I'll buy it and read it. Nice. I just want so, to read Fantastic Four again. I want to buy the I, book. Exactly. Well, and, and that's yeah. the thing, you know. Hickman has, I think, what six or seven months left of the book, like, which is kind of cool because, you know, you'd have, like with him spending three years and wrapping it up, you'd have thought that would have been like fait accompli, and then 
in comes new creator with a whole new direction. And so, um, as I understand it, he's going to basically tell a couple one and dones, like just stuff he's like, like you know, yeah. just ideas he's had in his head. Pretty that smart. Is, yeah, I would love to see what Hickman does with a one and done story. That yeah. that that excites me. Mm-hmm. Different That's mindset cool. than an extended forty issue yeah. run. Yeah, yeah. Come on, fellas, tell me what you're reading. I I, I talked way too much. <laughs> that was awesome. That was great, though. Seriously. Hey guys, it's Whitehead. Just wanted to say I just listened to uh, episode two hundred four, and it was it was really funny. I've only made it through about the first forty minutes of it, but I've had a very shitty week. I mean, very very shitty. Uh, so I've had a bad week, and uh, when uh, Wood said uh, Jason Wood, the guy who won't add me on Facebook. Said uh, Magneto, I about lost it. That was the funniest shit I've heard all week. You have to go way back to like episode, I think it's like episode 48 or 50, 51, something like that, where uh, Vince was talking about how for years he called uh, Namor the Submariner and Dark Seed and, and Magneto, and that, that was just really, really funny. I'm, uh, I was wondering if anybody else got the joke, but I thought it was really damn funny. Uh, just wanted to wish, wish Chris a happy birthday and uh, everybody a happy St. Patrick's Day. Love the show. Congrats on a million downloads. I guarantee you I'm responsible for at least a thousand of those because I've downloaded on, at least on four devices. Uh, so I've got them all. I'll take it back. Probably about 700, give or take. Uh, but anyway, guys, thanks for what you do. You're great. Bye. So what you guys got? Come on. The, what does Chris have? I'm, I'm dying to hear Chris talk about his, in air quotes, definitive Amazing Spider-Man artist. <laughs> all right. Oh. Well, before we go into this, no fighting. Because no it's, fight. it's all just opinion. <laughs> no fighting. I love noise. <laughs> and, by the way... <laughs> I I never said the definitive. I said a. You were, you were definitive, right? It's I and I think for a lot of people, John Romita Senior is is their definitive. He is their definitive amazing Spider-Man. Uh, might be Gil Kane. For other people like Vince, it might be Ross Andrew. But I get what you're saying. But, I let, let, me, let me put it this way: I the way I feel about it, the. Uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, that era of Spider-Man d- defined that character for a lot of us, that that was our entrance to the character, maybe even before we read comics. And those, I mean, that that Peter Parker, I mean, that's that's for me to seniors, Parker. Yeah, in the, yeah, in that cartoon, yes. And, and so... It, is, and I think, I think there's a lot of people out there that that, that cartoon was their entry into Spider-Man, Ooh. especially R.A. Uh, wait, 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 w
I didn't I didn't watch that and then you know compare it to my comic books, but yeah, I, same here. Yeah. On Saturday mornings, it was the shit to watch. That it's funny you say that because I never really thought of it in that context before. Because we're always taught like I'm very. It took me a lot of episodes of um, Walking Dead, the TV show, to get past <laughs> the fact that it was different from the comic. Right. And yet you're right. Like with that cartoon, for some reason, maybe because it was, I, I don't know why, but I never ever let it bother me that it was not like in continuity. You know what I mean? Like, oh, right. never yeah, let it bother me that Firestar and Iceman yeah. and Spidey should have never been yeah. hanging out together. You or know what I mean? That, or that Wolverine could be thrown into a, a brick wall and just stand there like a lawn dart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, oh wow, you you remember the X-Men uh, episode where he was from Australia. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the really bad Australian accent. But anyway, it's, so that that's kind of what I mean, is that, is that there's an entire generation. I'm not taking anything away from Dicko. Dicko created co-created whatever one of the two or three most iconic comic book characters of all time and i'm not taking not. anything away from the genius of steve ditko for, I'm, for I'm 33 a, issues he was the man for 30 yeah exactly don't forget about the and annual then the annual hilarious <laughs> no seriously the, and, and, and no, I'm, no and bullshit I'm not, and I'm, steve ditko is you want to talk architect steve ditko is one of the architects of modern comics <laughs> there you go Okay, so let's not let's not throw that fucking term around too fucking lightly, okay? <laughs> Assholes. Um, so anyway, I I have the amazing. It still pisses me off. I have the amazing Spider-Man, uh, John Romita artist. It's actually John Romita's the Amazing Spider-Man artist edition, and you heard everything I was talking about with the Wally Wood artist edition, and and you can just you duplicate that with this. It's not as um, uh, crushingly large as the Wallywood one. I mean, that thing really is almost too big to 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 sit and read. Where this is uh, twelve by eighteen, I think is the the finish size on it. And it, well, um, the the artist editions aren't all uniform in size. Well, the Wallywood one is larger because it's it is God. What is it like? 15 by 22 or something because it's on golden uh golden oh, okay it's because while we would oh god work, help me if they ever do a jack kirby one well that that's the size that kirby worked on was the golden age board right oh and so the while wood one is on the larger size art boards which is amazing to think about a how much those guys did and at the size that they did it and you're like oh well they were just shooting it down so there wasn't as much detail oh Fuck that! You look at these Wally Wood pages, and they're incredibly detailed. Um, it's amazing. But anyway, on, on the on the Romita one, uh, the presentation is just phenomenal. As, as all of the artist editions, these are full color reproductions of the original art. They're not black and white reproductions. So you see the yellowing of the pages and the blue line stuff, any of the whiteout, the corrections, the editor's notes, all everything. It's as if you were looking at the original piece of art. And to, to kind of um, uh, 
to kind of offset that, it's it's pretty interesting because this is an almost complete collection of of this original art, and it's uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 67, 68, 69, 70, 75, and 84. And uh, it's from, a lot of it is from one guy's collection who started collecting uh, Remain. Is it, is it Remain of Man? Uh, it, it, I don't believe it's, it, you know, I don't know if, if okay. it's the same guy that is the art seller, Ramita man, but it is Mike Berkey is, is Ramita man's real name. So I don't know, but Mike, Mike Berkey is the guy that is, um, um, thanked in the beginning of this as being the guy who, who basically put together a huge amount of of the Spider-Man art and has it in god what what an art collection this guy has but one of the cool things is that there are there are two pages I think that are missing and so what they did was um just did black and white versions of of that original art sorry guys for the I was I don't pause but yeah, Mike Berkey is Ramita man okay oh, Thanks, buddy. Yep. okay well, there you go. Ramita Man is the guy that helped put this together, and R- Ramita Man, by the way, is is an art dealer. Right? Yes, yes. And I'm yeah. I'm actually I'm I'm high end uh, art dealer. I feel I feel better that knowing that you know Ramita Man is is I guess partly responsible for bringing this book to life because it's it's not like I I feel better about this than same same thing with the Born Again stuff where it's like Mazzucchelli scans of his original artwork. It's not like a bunch. It's not like Chris Ryle from IDW just got, or, or Scott Dunbier just just got a bunch of scans of of whatever he could find of these issues and cobbled it together for this collection. The fact that an actual art dealer who represents the artist that this mm-hmm. collection represents it it does make me feel better about it. Yep, and it's it's awesome. It's all, but but in it, what what I was what I was going to say is that we do have um, a couple examples of the difference between like an art book and an original art book because they have a couple pages in here that are just black and white like you would have in like an essential where it was you know just without color but a nice clean black and white representation which is awesome and you know if they made it as a big hard hardcover I'd buy it. It's it's beautiful to look at, but it's not the reproductions of the original art. It's it's just it's different. It has a different quality. It's not as organic looking, and uh, you know all, all of the, everything in here. And that that's how I just describe these is that they they just look organic. It's like you're looking at the the original art and they're they're gorgeous um oh it's funny though a lot of the a lot of the stories in here it's a it's a very kingpin heavy um collection Ah, i I do love i do love ramita senior's kingpin yeah but i i think it goes back to we we've had this argument before and maybe it's (laughs) maybe it's just because of when i grew up and when i was introduced to him Kingpin is a terrible villain. Because Kingpin in Spider Man is such a bitch. You're pretty. uh, (laughs) You know what, God? You know what? I got to say something. Uh, Since we're a comic book confessional, I 100% agree with Chris. Oh, my God. No, David, I do too. Really? He's a Kingpin. I just just see. Kingpin was so transplanted. Yeah. Yeah. See. 
I mean, I can I can see him as a Daredevil villain, but it's just because of his origins. I can't. I mean, just the way Ramita Senior draws him with with with, with the little diamond jewel in 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 the in the ascot and everything. I just I can't. Yeah. No, no, I, I, know I saw that. Ben Affleck fight fighting Kingpin. I didn't see. I know. Uh, I know he did. Choir. I know. He had a <laughs> see, tan it, too, didn't he? But yeah, he did have a little bit of a tan. But it's it's. I just I because oh, of. Because of his is or if I have to be a purist because of his origins, I just I see him as I I absolutely think he's a great Daredevil villain and dude I mean we've been talking he's about the Born Daredevil Again. villain I mean we've been talking about Born Again for like two weeks now and yes yeah. he is he is an important part of Daredevil's mythos but I just because of where he came from I do see him as a Spider-Man villain and again and because we went back months ago and we were mm-hmm. having that you know whether or not daredevil borrows villains from other characters from other heroes it's he is i see kingpin as a spy but i mean he's also a you know villain. it brings up an interesting i mean not not that tonight's the night for it but just like an interesting geeky conversation of like who's the uh who would we label as the uh the arch nemesis of like various and sundry characters right because hmm. I would say Kingpin is Daredevil's arch nemesis. I would oh, say, say, I mean, I would say he is his arch nemesis. And some people, and some people would say Bullseye. But well, that would be the other one I think you could say if you one of the others. That, well, that would be like the one he could, I guess, fight or you know, hand to hand combat. But no, I mean, I I can see him. I can see Daredevil adopting him as his nemesis. But I mean, for me, no, no, but just based <laughs> on he adopted him. <laughs> He did, you know, took care of him, you know, petted him on the head and everything. But I, I see him as as a Spider Man enemy. But yes, but because it's the Marvel Universe and because it's New York City and Manhattan and everything like that, I can understand Daredevil taking him on. But it's it's and it's it's for me and it's funny because aside from Romita Senior, I can't see Spider Man taking him on at any other time. I don't see him. I don't see Romita Junior drawing Kingpin. I don't see. Ramos. I don't see anybody else drawing Kingpin other than Ramita Sr. And because of that, and because of what Chris is talking about, I see Wilson Fisk Kingpin as a Spider-Man villain. And yes, Daredevil does. does well, that's why you. Fun. That's why you see Ditko as like the. Oh, you know, no, no. I. I this is why I see you know guilt, which is why Hal Jordan is my Green Lantern. I mean, it's yes. Yeah. I do. I I will admit that a lot of my my bias in, in in how I see things is because of of its origins and and I guess you know boiling it down to its pure essence. But yes, no, it's it, to me. Go ahead. No, there are some things that transcend eras, though. Absolutely and, right, and I I I agree with Chris. Like, like that, Don Newton, Batman artist, you know, I right? Mean, who the hell remembers Bob Kane's Batman art? Mm. I, I I will concur with Chris that the era to which you are first exposed to things tends to be absolutely your, sure. your definitive era. Like for David, it may be Gil Kane, Spider Man, right? For Chris, it's it's Romina Senior, right? My definitive Spider Man artist is well, a lot Andrew. of people. It's McFarlane, uh, exactly, or Romina yeah. Junior. I mean, it, that it, hurts it, me. It, 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 Stop. No, it's true. It, no, it's true. But well, it, I would say my no. favorite, my favorite Spider-Man artist of all time was Romita Jr. I wouldn't say that. Like, I, would, I wouldn't characterize it as definitive, no, but, but, but I would say that's my favorite. And my favorite for Romita Jr. is 
following Ross Andrew, following, you know, the, the 230s, right. the, the, the 220s, mm-hmm. 230s, 240s. That's when, you know, before he went to Secret Wars, that's my John Romita Jr. But, but there are, there are, to make my point, there are images that transcend eras because of their potency. And sure. I, I'm not saying you're wrong, Chris, but you, if, if you go back and take a look at Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number 1, right, and the full page splashes that Ditko did with Spider-Man punching the crap out of Electro and and jumping uh, away from Craven's um uh, they look like leopards leopards right and then then you have as the book goes on Spider-Man clocking the the Sandman and these are images that have been used in on t-shirts and 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 every kind of marketing mm-hmm. thing that that Marvel had imagined these images were so it's like the the progenitor of a family, right? You have the original father that sired the offspring, right? Yes, their DNA is beholden to his, right? But he was the one who set the pace. And I think it's really inescapable not to cite Steve Ditko as the definitive. Not because he was the first, but these these images are crazy iconic. I mean, there's even one panel in here where Spider-Man's on he's crouching and he's got you know he's got the one hand on the on the ground his fingers are splayed and the other the other, the other hand's a fist and the, the spidey sense is is tingling that shirt that was on t-shirts for decades yeah and, it, and but, it, it's but, it's just an but, offhand but, panel but, but but think about the i mean basically the Ramita senior peter parker was the style guide of that character for I totally ever agree. I agree. You know, they so they abandoned I, I, the geeky Spider-Man. People, oh yes, geeky, yes, yes. Right. Yes, as yes, soon yes. as yeah, I, mean, I mean, yeah, no, it was ge- yeah. geeky. Geeky Peter Parker after issue what about thirty nine, forty or so. That that image was gone. Oh right. yeah, yeah. And and the Ross Andrew Peter Parker is so indebted to Romita oh, Seniors. Yes, with yeah. that little, with, with with the little mm-hmm. the little hair off the side. Yeah, no, I mean that was you know the broad shoulders. That was Romita Senior. Definitely define Peter Parker's look. Definitely. And then, you, and then, if we're going to talk definitive, you have the definitive Morbius artist is Gil Kane. I cannot see Morbius like like David says. Oh about, my you know, God. Whenever I see Morbius, regardless yes. of who draws him, I see Gil Kane. And then, <laughs> then the 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 line work of the artist currently doing it is like, oh, it's pretty nice, but it's not Gil Kane. Yeah. You know, Morbius is Gil Kane to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even when I was looking at uh, the the Wando book, the um, oh crap, Legion what? of Monsters. Thank Legion you, Monsters. Jesus Christ! I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. But yes, even as I'm you're drunk, at, yeah, I am. I am. You're <laughs> absolutely right. I'm looking at Wando, and I'm like, oh, this would look awesome as Gil Kane. But no, you're right. No, it's it's yeah. I it's mean, just a different it, interpretation, but especially right. the, the the backhand with with the six arm Spider Man falling back. Yeah, no, that's oh. that. Oh God! Yeah, go on. <laughs> so no, it's it's there, there is no right you, answer. The, no, it's, and that, and that's the thing. It's, <laughs> it's, and that's why. I, well, and that's why I kind of always said it's it is the definitive Spider-Man artist for a lot of different people, and right. that yeah, doesn't right. mean he is the definitive artist. You know, because Ditko defines that character for a lot of people, and he's. He's one of the creators. Sure, you know. I mean, let's be honest. Or- I mean, for for a generation, let's hope Marcos Martinez is the definitive. All right. I mean, because mm-hmm. if there's new, if there's different 
groups of people that have different definitive artists, it means that there's new generations falling in love with the characters, yeah. right? So, yes. Yeah. And and these are and and you know let's take it a step further. I mean these are these are licensed property characters that need to be redefined about every ten years or so. So yeah. sooner than so, that. Yeah, which we be... you know what. Um, do any of you guys want to um, give your thoughts on what Dean Haspiel had to say about sure about his I, thoughts on the industry, which I thought was very very insightful. I've 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 touched on it in the past, and and I know I know I know Vince loves you know why would Grant Morrison why would Kurt Busiek why would anybody give their ideas away why would anybody create why would why would Eric Larson t- give away a character. Mm-hmm. In a Sinister Six Spider-Man storyline, when he could tell it in Savage Dragon, and and I get that, but my my answer to that is is the way it's always been, or my answer always has been, is that sometimes you want your character to just live beyond you. If when when Eric Larson is gone, I don't know if Savage Dragon will continue on past. Him and and if you want if you want your character to be the the antagonist, in <laughs> you a, you have to be prepared to give it away to a corporation. But, but no. if you if you want that character to, to to be the linchpin of an event thirty years from now, then you can write it for Marvel or DC. You can give it away. I mean, Jeff Parker, Fred Van Lanty. How many characters have they given away in Thunderbolts and Incredible Hulk? In, <laughs> right. In, I think Haspiel's point was less about that and, and more about breaking, he, breaking into the industry and that the time for writing pitches for established characters is over. That, that used to be how it was done, is that you would, you would pitch a story or show your artwork of you know, however many pages of a, you know, an eight-page pitch of, of Spider-Man beating up Doc Ock, and here's my great you know, uh, Spider-Man story, and that's not how it's done. I think what he's saying is that the better way to do that is to go out and make your own stories, get it published, because... Which, Mar- right, no, 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 you're right, you're right, because... You see, they're, they're, not, they're not taking pitches for their characters. You're right. Uh, and they're mining the, the hot indie artists now. Well, right. it's interesting, because C.B. Sobolski, who, you know, is, is very, very public, obviously, on Twitter and, and, and podcasts, he's the, I don't know his title, but he's effectively in charge of, of finding new talent for Marvel. Center. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, he has official title, but but that's basically his gig is finding new talent to bring into Marvel, yeah. and he's been very very honest about how it's just it's a vastly different situation between finding new writers and finding new artists. New artists can absolutely bring a book full of of illustrations of licensed characters to a Marvel editor and get a gig. That's perfectly rational and reasonable way to approach the the, the business. If you if you if you got the chops, they can see it and give you a gig. But with writers, because of legal reasons, they can't read. They can't if, if they're sent yeah. a pitch that's like, "Oh, here's my ultimate Namor story." They have to throw it in the garbage because, yes. God forbid, they use as someone of the, one of the existing writers, like Hickman, writes a Namor story and it has anything to do like with what they just sent you the pitch. They got to worry about being sued, and so well, they just can't. As a rule, they don't. They don't accept. As a rule, CB has been very clear. Anything that you send us that's a story as a writer that has to do with our characters, we will we will consider it thrown out. We didn't read it, um, and, and so. I mean, I think from a practical standpoint, like I guess we we jumped into this without a lot of our listeners may not know what the hell we're talking about. Dean Haspiel, who is you know um, 
uh, an indie creator we've talked about a bunch of times. He's fantastic, and he's awesome. Um, I mean, he, he does the active. He's he's the he runs the Activate blog webcomic. He, he drew Cuba, My Revolution, which was my yeah. favorite graphic novel two years ago. Yeah, and he's probably most well known for working with Harvey P. Carr a lot on American Splendor. Yeah, yeah. So he he wrote a I guess a, I don't know if it's an op-ed or a mission statement or whatever, but it was like on a, a blog. Yeah. And he basically said that a buddy of his had sent him, had done like a, a five-issue um, like treatise for a licensed character, um, you know, with like 20 pages of panel breakdowns and dialogue for five issues and, you know, basically 100 pages of work unsolicited just to try and get hired. And uh, and his advice was like that was stupid that he, you know, and he went on to say that, that at the end of the day, if you if your goal really is to write for the big two, if that's really your goal, then the best way to go about it in today's day and age is to make your own comics. Yep. And then mm-hmm. if, if, if you make your own comics, you own them, they're yours forever, and you can either go that direction and make your own living, or if you want, if your goal is to write for the big two, that's the best way to get the big two to hire you is to yep. go out and write your own stuff. And, and, I'll, and I'll, give you, I'll give you three examples right now of guys that were uh, total indie and all three different styles of stuff. Um Matt Fraction, Cullen Bunn, and Jeff Lemire. Perfect. That's great. Oh, that's that's. I mean, all, it's, all it's, three very different styles. All three now very successful. Yes, and successful for the big two. It's it's um, you definitely have those. I mean, Sixth Gun. We we we've talked about it's 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 been eleven the Oscars. It's um, there there is nothing. See, with me, gone is the day. Of Marvel Comics presents. It's not J- Jay Lee's first published work is not going to be a Wolverine serial, following Rob Liefeld in Marvel Comics presents. It's right. It's like like Cebuspolsky says on Twitter. It's like if if you've done printed work, if your work is published, it's much easier to see your work printed in a comic book than it is to have you submit you know five pages in 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 a what if story or or marvel comic presents style sure. story and it's 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 just it's the way the the business has changed and and i i definitely see dean's point of view you know if if i can tell my story in, in dark horse presents and own it then perfect you know then, then then this is my story this is my this is what i'm doing and this is my own thing that's great but as as Vince has said in the past, and 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 my counter to that is, if if you want your story to live past you, then it's what you know. Then uh, that's that, that, yeah. That's but will, will Eric Larson's entire run of Savage Dragon just evaporate when he dies? No, 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 no. no, no. I'm yeah. not saying. Yeah, yeah, well, well, that's what's, not what's, what Dean, Dean wasn't talking about. Yeah. That like Dean wasn't saying no, if you want to be right. your own guy. Like Dean wasn't doing right. a Kirkman. Like, like right. Kirkman's, Kirkman's manifesto that's, was use yeah. the big two. To yeah. get famous, so that you can then get make your own money doing your own thing, and, and that's this is almost the inverse of that. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, if you if you want them to notice you, then do your own thing. Exactly. Right. And and and, and Chris's Chris's point with his his examples are great. I mean, but but frankly, it's it's if you think about the well, not the, if if you think a good chunk of the quote unquote hot big two uh, writers, they they fit that mold. I mean, obviously Jeff is a longtime friend of ours, but but he. You know, in addition, you know, Matt Kint's doing a DC book now. I mean, you know, the, these two guys were like they were the epitome of the top shelf creators. Right? Yeah, they were. They, they were. Own. They were Andy Darlings. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, Bendis, I mean, people, a lot of our listeners, younger ones, probably never, I mean, Bendis, that was Bendis's thing. I mean, he, he was, you know, the, the, the Casada and, uh, and those guys pulled Bendis in from the indie world. I mean, he was doing his own thing. Doing oh, yeah. Some of my Twitch favorite and, stories. And, and, you know, and, and all this stuff. I mean, he was doing that and, and, uh, he got a shot and doing Alias, which wasn't, you know, was a, a fringe Marvel book and, and he, he made something of it. And Fraction, obviously, with Casanova, which I just reread and, and Lemire. And I mean, even Christ, I mean, Nick Spencer, you know, people think he came out of nowhere, yeah. but, you know, Nick, and, and I'm not, a, I'm not the biggest Nick Spencer fan, but, but to his credit, he put out three or four, you know, um, on time, on, you know, um, and independent. And still doing it. Series, yeah. yeah. I mean, Infinite um, Vacation and, and One Glory. Fred, Fred and, Van Lenthe. I mean, look at Tim Seeley. Oh, right? my God. I mean, yeah. Seeley be- fucking bled, I mean, empty, took out a loan to pay his artists because mm-hmm. they sh- got the shaft for, yeah. for Hackslash. And, and now his he's. His Witchblade run is really good, by the way. Yeah, and now he's I'm getting regular gigs on licensed characters. And mm-hmm. yep. my point is, is, is a big chunk of the guys I think that we all love the most at the big two on the writing side, you know, cut their teeth in the indie world. And, and, I, and I, I think given the legal aspects of, 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 of what it takes to, you know, I, I can see why it has to be that way. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I guess to your point, Chris, like, I, I don't know how anyone could really argue Haspiel's point. Like, yeah. I think the people that are arguing it are really taking issue with more of the angles, like, why would you want to bother writing for the big two? And that's not what Haspiel's saying. Like, Haspiel's right. saying... He doesn't want to write for the big two anymore. He, in fact, he says he used to, that's all he used to want to do. He doesn't want to do it at all anymore. He wants to do his own thing. But if you want to write for the big two, the ends, you know, the, you need to take this, you need to do your own stuff regardless of what your end goal is. If your end goal is to work for the big two and write licensed characters, or your end goal is to just be your own guy and try and be yeah. the next Kirkman and Mignola, you got to write your own stuff. Like that. And, 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 I, and I think ultimately the, the big two, are looking for, you know, I can't speak for them, but I can just, you know, it's an obvious thing. I think that they want idea people. They want people that can come up with new and fresh and fun ideas and and not regurgitate the same stories for the last, you know, 40 years. So, you know, of course they want people that have, you know, fresh ideas. I think that's why they've picked people like Lemire and Snyder and Cullen and and those guys. So, and gals, there's plenty of of you know, you know, awesome, talented women writing stories now too. So, yeah, it's. Uh, but, but no, I, I thought it was. I thought it was um, a, a, a really interesting, but also um, blindingly obvious um, uh, group of thoughts that that he had put together on it. It's like, well, yeah, of course, you know, it's it's pretty obvious. Yeah, and he, he also mentions in, in his in his blog post crowd like crowdsourcing like to pay for it. Uh-huh. And let's be honest, I mean, that's another thing that's changed dramatically and you know we've we've talked about it i wrote in my family article about it i mean kickstarter um you know good bad or indifferent however you feel about it it's 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 legitimate now guys i mean like kickstarter just you know it did a million dollar campaign for a comic book you know for a collection of a, of a web comic yeah. it did you know one mythology was a six-figure campaign in like two days i mean kickstarter is funding you know seven-figure like r&d projects now for like devices like it's 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 taking off, and and the cool thing hey, about that if, is if we if we ever bring Windy City Comic Con back, yeah, which it, it's and that's that's and, and I'm being serious, we'll do it with Kickstarter. Nice, well, and, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, at, at the end of the day, like the thing I love about Kickstarter, and I said this when I first gave my first money to it for Steve Bryant's campaign back in the day, is that there's no room for criticism of it in 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 the terms of the motivation, like. If if you think something doesn't deserve to get funded, or you think it's like bogus that they're asking for your money, you don't have to give them the money, right? Exactly. Like everyone that's pledging feels it's got value. So whether it's a Tony Harris book, and you're saying to yourself like, well, Tony Harris makes plenty of good living anyway, 
or it's a book from one of your buddies who has no chance of getting printed otherwise, you, it, it, either it gets support or it doesn't. And it's, right. it's literally by the people for the people. So that's what I love about it. Every single thing that's been successfully funded by Kickstarter has been because people thought it had value. It had no corporate mo- mojo, no undercurrent, no ulterior motive. It just was funded by fans who wanted to see it come to life. And that's awesome. Like that's, you know, Vince, you're always talking about art. You know, you have a tattoo, right? Which is, you know, about art you know, is life. Like, like art is everything. I mean, like Kickstarter in that regard is what's awesome because it's literally just about supporting the, the initiative of creation. It, it it makes no judgment on whether the end creation has value, right? Like it's just you're pledging your support for the creation of the thing they're asking for support of. You have no say as to what what comes out at the other end, right? Like you may judge it because you paid for it and may say, well, this isn't what I hoped for. Or this is great. But but you're pledging your support to just to have something created. And that's pretty powerful. Like that's really powerful stuff, I think. Well, you know? patrons of the arts, I mean, for – for centuries, art has depended on on wealthy pa- patrons. Well, that's what, right. And if you recall, the article I wrote back in the day was patronage for the new millennium. Like that's what this is. And and yep. I, I just think it's pure. Like again, you you can. I'm sure there's campaigns I funded or I've seen other people fund. Thought, why is he giving money to that? But that's the point. You don't have to, right? Like, and you don't have to feel guilty about spending two ninety nine on it because if you owe them nothing, if you don't want to support it, you don't have to. And if not enough people think it's of value, then it won't get funded. You know what I mean? Right. So, yep. Yeah, that's what I love about it. Cool beans. Vince, you've been way too quiet. No, I've been listening. Hey, he talked at the beginning. I, I, I really, I, I can't get involved in a in a conversation where the end result is is breaking into the mainstream. I just, whatever. I in in theory, it's very sound. Well, but again, though, it's, that's it's not like what the, it's like the, no, like no, I know, but it. Do your own thing. Like if whatever your goal is, doing your own thing is the, is the own, means to achieve yeah. that. Ex- exactly. Right. But yeah. but there's there's a, a, a thread of that where it's like the not ready for primetime players. Hone your craft. Do your own thing. Get a name for yourself. Dot, dot, dot. And then go to the big two and throw it all yeah. away. I know that's not your path, but do you really think right. that there's anything wrong with that? Not at all. No. Right? Because I mean, like, if, you know, I mean, if that's again, the goal, then pursue it. Like to different to different degrees, you know, we're friendly with with Jeff and and Rick Remender and Tim and stuff. And like, the point is, is like they're, you know, they're in their, all those guys are in their mid thirties, right? I mean, roughly, mm-hmm. like yeah, they're roughly right, our yeah. age, maybe yeah. a little younger, but a little older. But the point is, like, they're making livings for families, right? Like they're like great, and mm-hmm. nothing stopping them from doing their own thing. Like, you know, I know when Hickman, I remember uh, hanging out with Hickman at um, actually at Sado Sado's the first one. At a bar one night, and uh, and he was you know knee deep in the in the Marvel thing at the time, and he was clear as day. This was two years ago, saying, "Look, I mean, I'm I'm committed to you know establish myself at Marvel right now, but you know I'm absolutely going to make the lion's share of my career about my own stuff because that's what's going to you know you know pay for my kids' future. college and it's going to." Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, I just I can't wrap my head around the the mainstream work being the brass ring. Right, but what I'm I saying can't is, wrap, like, I can't wrap my head around the fact that you get crackly every hour. I know, but what? But my point on this is, and this gets back to the the, the quote unquote Kirkman manifesto. The issue I always have with the Kirkman manifesto is that he he failed to acknowledge, unlike Dean, that there are divergent paths that can all be successful. Kirkman's manifesto was like, dude, you gotta use Marvel and DC <laughs> to your advantage, and then go to your own. Right, thing. right. And Thanks, my thing yeah. was like, that's cool. Like, definitely, like if that's what you want to do, do it. But 
he, Kirkman acted as though the idea of writing for the big two or drawing for the big two was just anathema. Like, that can't be your goal. Right. And, you know, people like Mike Norton and other people came forward at the time were like, well, yeah, like, I, I like drawing those characters. Like, I, yeah. I think that's but cool. Mike's like, I, I want to draw Spider-Man. Who's yeah. to say, but who's to say that, that, that gravity won't be the mastermind behind some Marvel event? Sure, sure. Exactly. And, and, and that's what, what I love like about like 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 McKeever and, and Norton for, for coming up with the character yeah. that some writer decided to use as, as the enemy for this for Why's he got to be a bad guy? Why you got to make gravity a bad guy? It doesn't well, matter. Exactly, and that's what I love about Haspiel's thing is that he's saying, "Look," and he he's he chose a path where now he's fully committed to just doing his own thing, and that's what makes him happy, and that's his that's what that's what satisfies him, and and at the end of the day, that's a, that's a way to go. But if you happen to want to work for the big two, that's not wrong, and here's a way to do it. Like that's what I love. Like because again, I mean, do I prefer Matt Fraction's? stuff that he did on his own to his Marvel stuff? Absolutely. Do I prefer Remender's Critter and stuff to what he's done at Marvel? Um, That's more 50-50. I would have said yes until Uncanny <laughs> No, but I'm saying like... like right, no. I mean, I Fury Agents is my favorite, you know, but but I think he's done a great job at both places. Do I prefer... Well, that's just because he's writing your fantasy book. Well, right, right. Yeah. But I'm saying like, do I prefer, you know, Lemire's Creator and stuff to what he's done at DC. Yeah, frankly, I do, but I, I like a lot of what he's doing at DC. So, to varying degrees, I prefer one to the other with these guys. But like, they're they're getting paid now, you know. Like like, they're they're putting they're putting money in the bank. They're making their families happy. They're buying houses. They're you know sending their kids right. to private school. Like, and they're probably shit. and and in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, they're writing the best stuff at those companies. right Absolutely, now. you know, and uh, and it doesn't preclude them from doing their own thing. You know what I mean? Like, my point on the Hickman thing is that he said this two years ago, and and he at the time really wasn't doing anything indie, and now look at him; he's back. He's doing he's doing Manhattan Projects, which is an ongoing. He's about to do Secret, which is another ongoing indie oh, uh, image. I didn't yeah. know Man- I Manhattan Projects was a uh, was a mini. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. Oh, okay, so. Yep. Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, okay. What? It's just so. Fuck. Why are you upset? I'm not upset. I'm not upset at all. Why are you harumphing so much? Yeah, you're you're you're, you're signing. It's, it's it, far be it f- from me to tell to tell anyone how to conduct their career. Like if if Gabriel Hardman wants to draw for Marvel and he wants to do a boom project on the side, that that's his decision. We all benefit from it. But I would rather see these guys do their own thing. Like I, 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 I the, the the thing where he says, "Okay, that's what I like about Haspiel's comment was it's very considerate of of divergent right exactly. opinions. That that's the good thing. But weigh them side by side. I gotta side with Kirkman on this. I I, it's, oh. it, I, yeah, I, I do. Here's the thing, though, dude. And, and this we talked about this. Like Kirkman is a multi-millionaire now. Exactly. Like everybody else is fucking can't feed their families. Like right. that's yeah. the that's the reality, it's, dude. It's it's like it's like a, a millionaire. Like, I could name names, but I'm not gonna. There are boys. Saying, like <laughs> who, the, the four of us could name. I'm sorry. Yeah, I couldn't. I <laughs> couldn't hear you. Go ahead. Who was no, saying? Was, I, nobody was, was saying was, anything. You were still talking. Oh, I thought Chris was talking. I'm sorry. No, no. what I was saying is like we could collectively throw out 30 names right now of people we're friendly with that we know are like basically destitute. I but they're like that. fighting a good fight to write their own comics or draw their own comics. Like, I mean, like, 
how can I tell them they're wrong for fucking getting a paycheck? And that, that's that's my point exactly. I I cannot tell these people they're wrong. If if that's the way they want to conduct themselves, do it. Do what you want. Mr. Hatfield was was, was right. Like- no, but if yeah. if uh, if you are really in there swinging and getting a name for yourself and you do get noticed by a bunch of people you do have an independent book that that is embraced by a, a, a fair amount of people why not cultivate that i mean sure the 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 finish line is not marvel and dc because yes these these people are feeding their families they're making good money they're they're, they're buying houses and buying cars but they're they're not being adequately compensated for their good ideas yeah. that that these ideas are translating into much more money from the companies than they are for the creators is what i'm saying and it's just it seems silly in my opinion if it were my babies i would never ever hand them over to a a big corporation like that never no you wouldn't no i wouldn't no and, i know and I, I'm, I bet you but, but again back in the day i bet you eastman and laird were glad they didn't and i'm sure as hell kirkman's glad they didn't but whoa 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 but eastman See, and I laird think they, they lucked into wait, that though they didn't, but they didn't. it's all about luck really wait, wait wait who did who okay eastman and laird who do they have to thank Frank Miller and Daredevil. Thank you. And Daredevil. And so, you know, it's, again, it's, I'm not saying, Vince, I'm not but that's saying. Just, that was just the inspiration. That's got nothing to do with the still, bank. But uh, it was still, it was, it, it was still the evil big two. It was, it's, it's one of those things where. Look, I mean, I, our favorite idea factory, fair to say, collectively is Image now, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Im, image yeah. doesn't exist if Marvel hate, if Marvel isn't. That's true, right? If it, image doesn't exist, if Marvel hadn't underpaid their artists so badly that they had to all leave and start their own company. Well, but yes, it, I mean, but there's more to it than that, right? Because those four guys—well, those seven guys—but so, the, the, yeah, guy, the guys that 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 you know that that left for Marvel and right. they were doing the big books. Guys, I mean, none of us bought fucking Youngblood because of what we thought Youngblood was going to be. We bought Youngblood because. Rob, Rob Liefeld was drawing the X books, and he left to do this thing, and we were like, "Oh shit, what's he so, going to have?" So over you could here? you could say that the Kirkman Manifesto was the seed of the Image imprint. They did the exact but, no, same but, thing but, that he was preaching. But but mm, how many? No, how to many, a team. No, no, no. How many of those stories? How many of those? It was it Hank Canals that was telling the Wildcat stories, or was it Jim Lee? Was it was it Brendan Choi? Or was it? I mean, it's, it's well, no. That that was the the crux of the imprint was visual over over storytelling. Right, that's the thing. So I mean, so after the third issue of Cyberforce, were we really tuning in to see what Mark Silvestri was doing, or were were? I mean, it's it's, see, it's yeah. That, that, that's irrelevant. That's that's not the point. But no, it's it's but it's I I get what you're saying, but again, it's it's one of those things where it's. I can't. I, I have to. I know. Well, let's just. I mean, let's just keep it real between the four of us, right? Like, so we all do what we do for a living. Mm-hmm. I just. Uh-huh. We all do, look. No matter what we do for a living, guys. Let's admit that that what we do isn't. If we could pick, I don't do it to feed my soul. I do right. it. If we could, if we could pick what we did for yeah. a living in terms of all things, you know, being still having the same level or more compensation and supporting our families and living life we have, we would not do what we do. Right. I mean, so, so I struggle with ever casting aspersions about someone else's choice. That's the same thing. Like, but that's I would I'm argue doing. that, but I would argue that 
a Jeff Lemire or a Mike Norton are a lot closer to doing what they most are passionate about than any of the four of us are. Uh huh. Oh hell yeah. Yes. So, but it, I mean, I guess every I like, you know, almost every success story is, stones, is based. But uh, I'm not throwing stones. I'm just saying, were it me, I wouldn't do that. But what, every success story is based <laughs> on risk. You, there sure. has to be an element of risk in, in, in every kind of um, success because at the end of the day, I don't have the balls to leave my boring, mundane, dead-end sure. day job to do what sure. I really want to do. No, and you're right. And, and that's where I think that, uh, like, not to get too far afield of the original conversation, but that's where, like, admittedly not knowing, I guess we'll find out in the court of law, but, like, you know, I look at, like, the Kirkman and the you know the lawsuit that's going on like and I think to myself like well you know what like at the end of the day again we'll see how it all plays out but it seems to me that Kirkman believed in what they were doing in a way that his collaborator didn't you know like mm-hmm. he believed that it was worth a thousand times more than what they were making at the time Ideas and was precious. willing to and that's a you know I think a hundred a hundred guys make that bet ninety five of them lose the bet right mm-hmm. but the five who make the bet and win it are, are big winners and and guys we're getting to the point where kirkman you know we've all talked about how successful he is but i mean with the numbers that the tv show's pulling in now i mean we're talking about like this dude is he's on his way to being like like obscenely wealthy like i mean like you know like <laughs> like, like, he, like, like like he's joss whedon's god uh, yeah i mean i mean we're talking you know like 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 eight figure type of wealth already yeah, you know what i mean yeah, like like yeah. that kind of by, thing by like, far just, the eastman and laird of, of of this this generation but but on oh, a, I, but i think at this trajectory even bigger i mean like even oh yeah yeah you know like like because yeah, again yeah, it's, the it's thing the thing we haven't thought about is that kirkman is be, i think he's gotten to the point now especially with the show's i mean it did almost 10 million viewers this finale yeah you know he's he's gonna people are gonna be flocking to him to create new things you know, that, like new, I'm new interested reasons. in is he's what, going to create another 20 things, right, that are not at all related to the comics he's done and, and, and make money off those. And and maybe, you know, who's to say if I'm ever as successful or as well regarded as the stuff he's done already, but he's going to get paid for them. So, I mean, like, this dude is on his way to being, like, yeah. obscenely I, successful. I'll you know? tell you the, the pervasiveness of Walking Dead. The last time I had multiple people in my office come up to me and say, hey, <laughs> what, what, what's this thing about? What, what is this? Where, do, where can where can I get the, the original source material for this? Blah blah blah. Was Tim Burton's Batman? Yeah, that's a good point. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know if people. And there was nothing. And there was. I mean, what what would what, what would you consider the source material for Tim Burton's Batman? I don't. know, Just a Batman comic. I would just okay. Uh, I mean, aside from I, I mean, I can't, I can't pin, stuff, I it's... can't pinpoint. I would. Just, I mean, at the time, I would. It was probably oh, something called uh, by Bart Sears. I don't know. David just David just retracted right up into that yeah. canal. All right. All right. Yeah, we I think it's. Our, yeah, we we are what? we are. Hey everybody. This episode has been no because we wrap up on time like a like like a good talk about mainstream comics. Yeah. T dog, I love you. T dog, I love you. You may be dropping everything, but sometimes you stomp on the zombies. T dog, I love you. Keep on representing. T-Dog, I love you. 
even though Dap is a hater. Uh, this episode has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get a whole bunch of mainstream comics and a lot of indies for way below retail. 35 to 75% off everything. Uh, delivered right to your door, nice and secure, discountcomicbookservice.com. Before Jason picks up with the uh, Wild Pig, I want you to remember what's on the horizon. What? Every, every year at this time, uh, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on May 12th, it's the Summit City Comic Con in downtown oh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Damn. Yes, yeah. at the Grand Wayne Center. Who's going to be there? Mr. Hardman, Gabriel Hardman. We mentioned him. Mike Norton, we mentioned him. Tom Scholey. That's right, from Godland and American Barbarian. Katie Cook's going to be there and a host of others. And it's really cool because this is a laser beam convention. It is exclusively comic books and their creators and their fans. There's no media like movies, TV shows, none of that crap here. It's all comic books. Admission to the event is $10. Children 12 and under will be admitted free with a paid adult admission. Tickets are available at the door. For more information regarding the convention, you can see the guest lists more than I, than I mentioned here. And you can pre-order your ticket at summitcitycomiccon.com. That's summitcitycomiccon, two C's in the last part, dot com. Check it out. Nice. That is hot because that's all. We're going to be on the road for a while then because uh, the week before that, we are going to be, including Chris, I'm going to make him drive May 5th, <laughs> May 6th, New Jersey, Wild Pig Comics, the Wild Pig Super super Convention. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be off the hook. 60,000 back issues, 50 cent a piece, 2,000 trades, 40 artists, well, give or take 40 artists. Our smiling faces, mad raffles, good times. Got to do it up. Wild nice. Comics. Pre-order. There you go. And in your travels, <laughs> Chris is going to kill me. Keep an eye out for the 88th issue. It's the 2012 film issue of The Believer, published by McSweeney's, nestled under a gorgeous Charles Burns image of the Frankenstein monster in uh, the smoke billowing out of a, fl- uh, a, a fire and the kids in the woods. It's almost like um, the kids could be the kids from Blood Club. Uh, inside this thing, you get a DVD, but there's a comic section in here featuring work by Lisa Hanawalt. Let me get to here because I'm going to forget a lot of people. They have a monthly... Um, comic section you know matt fury does a strip michael deforge does one uh laura park eric haven let's see who else lily caray but (laughs) there's a an amazingly funny strip by it's a one panel uh strip by andrew jeffrey wright and it says young john belushi starring in garanimal house <laughs> it's a john belushi with a little preschool he's got this little granimals on but the thing that originally attracted me to this issue aside from the fact that it's the believer and it's awesome there's an article by michael atkinson called children shouldn't play with dead things you're going to ring the bell uh right off the bat with that title because that's my favorite movie of all time but it's an it's an investigation onto what as we were talking about before what drives us as comic 
uh, fans, as horror fans, and he goes into great detail about as a young age how he was infatuated with horror films and stumbled upon the Monster Times. I've gone on and on and on about this this magazine at length, and uh, it's just like he would take his bike and travel to the the local. Uh, mom and pop store, pick up the magazine and just pour over it. I mean, we've all done this, right? And, and how the Monster Times was not only a horror periodical. I mean, it, it went into EC comics before, uh, many of the, the, uh, the more visible magazines touched upon them and, and CC Beck and Plastic Man and Jack Cole, Night of the Living Dead. I mean, it was the thing to read back then. And it was, it was, underground it was subversive and it was it was not famous monsters of filmland it was in, an entirely different beast they covered a lot of things but i mean this this issue of this believer it hits home for me on a lot of levels there's a horror movie article in it it's it's amazing it's 12 bucks comes with a dvd with a feature length film on it uh and you can get it at probably every bookstore in america hopefully your your bam nice. yeah it's it's, a, it's a, the believer's great and uh, Charles Burns Tony Millionaire does spot illustrations oh. now as well as Charles Burns sounds hot Mr Mackey's that was a Send dad style uh, yeah. in your travels thing hey, mail me your copy boo <laughs> I always like the McSweeney's oh it's great yeah, yeah except you know, I have no out. borders no borders to pick them up from anymore though um, which is where I would get it from cheap uh, if, if you subscribe. The way? Send it my it's way, cheaper please. if you subscribe. Send it my way. Um, <laughs> mine, mine will not be as long-winded as the, the great events. <laughs> Holy Christ. Jason that, talked that, for that like an hour an, and a half. You didn't bust his balls. That, that wasn't an in-your-travels. That was while you're on your travel. Listen to this. Uh-huh. I talked for about a half hour, which, dude, no, you more than that, for a half dude. hour straight. Like, a lot of weeks I row. can give you the exact time, and it was not. It was like more like more over an hour. Stop! But it was good stuff. I wasn't going to stop you because you were in the zone. You were bringing it. See, 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 hearing backpedaling now. Not that no, I would not ever black stop black you if you would go on and on about was, something. He was, Dude, this is the guy forever. who speak to me for two weeks because I made a comment about the exact time it took for him to do a certain review years ago. That's yeah, still that one of my favorite all-time moments. It was awesome. <laughs> well, anyway. Y'all can, can suck it. Vince, <laughs> Vince and I are going to have so much fun. Yeah. Weird. What do you what do you call it when the person passes out drunk and you get the sharpie and write things on their face? Is there a name for that? I'll right. talk about that. Vince at two a.m. No, it's going to be Chris waking up with things big okay. dick on, written on your forehead. Uh, I actually have a uh, a Marvel <laughs> book to suggest. What? Yeah, I know. First time in a long time. Uh, this is uh, one of my one of my favorite single issues that I've read this year. It's wow. All- it's, and we're and as David uh, pointed out last week, we're getting pretty deep into 2012, folks. So this is uh, one of the best issues of the year. Uh, uh, number one? No. Uh, yeah. Um, one of my all-time uh, favorite artists, Ramon uh, Ramon Perez Perez Ramon Perez, um, John Carter and the Gods of Mars. Yes. Okay. It's fantastic. That's it. That's it. Go get it. Okay. Go get John Carter and the Gods of Mars. Well, I would say that given Ramon Perez's ridiculously talented cartooning skills, there could be almost the the, the word balloons could be jumbled, and it would still probably be worth reading. And then it's it would a, read like a dynamite book. Then. Well, I finally ordered uh, uh, Tail Sand, so I should have that tomorrow or Friday. So I can't wait 
Um, but yeah, Ramon is is awesome, and the the art in in this John Carter book is just fantastic. But it is it's an awesome John Carter adventure, and uh, uh, I I hear that unfortunately the movie is going to be one of the biggest box office busts of all time. Uh, I don't but, get it. Uh, it looks but fantastic. Actually, Disney, Every- uh, Disney actually had a press conference uh, this week to explain that they're going to. They're factoring in roughly 120 to 200 million dollar loss that they're going to take on it. Damn, but the mind. it's so sad because everyone I've talked to has loved the movie. Sal was gushing about the movie. It, it looks amazing. First of all, they never ever should have titled the movie John Carter. Exactly. That's That's why, why don't you just call it John Google. Smith? Yeah. What's, wrong, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong with calling it John Carter and, and the Princess of Mars? Well, because that's the story, right? Get to that's, the point. Why just no. not call it Warlord of Mars? That, that just speaks yeah. power. Warlord. Did you, you know, you know why they didn't John call Carter. it John Carter, Warlord of Mars? Why? Because, because this is what's mom. even so more baffling. Because they that movie Mars Needs Moms. Yep. There bombed last year. It was a yep. big bomb. Which it's who ridiculous. didn't know that was going to bomb? And they the 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 quote unquote powers that be at Disney were so spooked at they, they somehow this is what baffles me how do, I mean talk about the easiest job ever to get or probably also to get fired from as a movie executive they somehow presumed that because that movie was a big flop that it was a flop because of the Mars concept and the fact it just sucked as a movie oh. so they were like they got they got cold feet about having any ties to the planet Mars and took the name yep. out you know like I don't with that revelation I, I feel zero compassion for, for the people at Disney they're so stupid Yep. Well, there's, there's, there's apparently some other, some, some yeah, other whatever. But still, which it's it doesn't sound like it's all Disney's fault. I mean, eventually, it I guess it it rests at their doorstep. But uh, it's we'll, we'll get into it later. So well, the other thing is, is you shouldn't ever spend. I mean, I know we're in a different time and stuff, but like one movie spending, you know, north of three hundred million dollars on a movie is ridiculous. I mean, don't how many how many of these little low budget films do we need? You know, before we realize you don't need that, like to tell a great story, you don't need it. You know, I mean, I would think fifty million dollars these days would still be enough to tell a pretty bitching story, right? Like, I mean, I also read that something about the director wasn't well versed in the 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 commingling of live action and digital. And, right. and there, there were a lot of problems on the set. The same guy that directed Green Lantern, or it's no. Wally. <laughs> it was yeah. It was it was it was a, he yeah. was a Pixar director. Yeah, so, he did Wally. Yeah. Oh, Wally's right. freaking incredible. Right, yeah, but that's exactly. yeah. but yeah. but also I believe the director did not want when when it was time for marketing and promotion, he did not want it to be said that the director of Wally also presents john carter so right. it was i because because pixar is marketed as a kids type of oh, movie so many rules i know yeah. and that's and yeah, that's, 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 that's awesome. the announcement it's like, he, he would have had no problem taking his kids to this he said it right. was it was a kid friendly movie right but because it's there you go um disney, disney announced today that uh it expects to lose upwards of two hundred million dollars on John Carter in the uh, fiscal second quarter. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of money, dude. That's a lot. Yeah. Tell you, I'm gonna buy the shit out of the Blu-ray. Well, it's, yeah. Well, go go see the movie and go get John Carter: The Gods of Mars from Marvel because I enjoyed the hell out of it. Well, yeah, Disney then, said it will more the losses to this movie will more than offset the entire projected operating income for the rest of the division. 
In other words, they're going to lose so much money in this that they're going to lose money for that whole division based on a lot of the stuff they would have made money on. Wow. And then, yeah. then while you're at it, after you've seen the movie and, and bought the Marvel comic, go to Toys R Us and, and buy some John Carter action figures. Oh, wait. Are there are none. There are oh, none. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I dropped the ball on that. Anyway, all right. So, after you've watched the movie and you're home and it's a Saturday morning at say ten o'clock <laughs> Eastern time, check out Cartoon Network. Ten a.m. to eleven p.m. You have Green Lantern. You have a whole DC Nation block. You have Green Lantern, the animated series, which we're in the third week now. This by the time you hear this, the fourth week will have happened. The first two weeks were the re-airing of the hour feature we saw back in, on, on Thanksgiving of, of 2011. Uh, we're now in new, new episode territory. Uh, <laughs> hush, hush boy. Uh, um, new episode territory. We, we, uh, it, it's the whole... It, we, 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 we have the Guardians talking back to Hal and Kilowog. We have Razor, who was... Razor was a Red Lantern, and, and it, it's, it's a pretty interesting story that they're telling with Green Lantern. And, of course, we've all been a fan of the Young Justice cartoon, and, uh, mm-hmm. and this... You know, I wasn't real keen on maybe the first episode of the season. Last week uh, was a, more or less, a, a Young Justice with the whole team-involved episode. We had the introduction of Garfield Logan into the Young Justice universe, and his origin made sense. Uh, in was the Doom in, Patrol involved? No, Doom Patrol was not involved, but Miss Martian was. It, it if you watch this episode, it oh, that really makes sense. Yeah. No, it's it's real cool the way his uh, he's hurt and he needs a blood transfusion and uh, and whether or not that, and Queen Bee is involved. I mean, it's it's just a really cool. I wasn't real keen on how this this season started because it was more of a of a senior team Justice League type stories and and the and the Young Justice team really wasn't uh, showcased, especially with the the Kid Flash centric episode. But yeah. uh, as of now, I mean this this third week, I'm I'm really on board. So so definitely check out Cartoon Network and and I'm I'm really digging the especially last week with the uh, the the Batgirl, Supergirl, Wonder Girl, uh, DC Nation short. That they showed during uh, in between Green Lantern and Young Justice, I really enjoyed. But uh, the the Nation block is is pretty entertaining. Probably. Yeah, I gotta agree. They're handling their business for sure. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's definitely interesting, and I hope that, uh, that 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 Marvel and and Disney are taking note, and and when they do have their block on Sunday morning starting next month, that uh, that that they don't kind of phone it in. We've all well, I, I've been enjoying. The Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes cartoon, and and now you will have come April um, an Ultimate Spider-Man type cartoon taking place, and uh, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that Saturday and Sunday mornings, I'll, it'll kind of for me make me relive my uh, my childhood with with the Saturday morning cartoons. But definitely check out. You know, I, I know that people were kind of poo pooing the whole oh. You know, we already saw this episode of, of Green Lantern, you know, last year, and and but mm-hmm. now, you know, net, net, we're we're past that. We're into new episode territory. Green, uh, Young Justice has started their new season, so I, I think ten o'clock Saturday mornings, Cartoon Network, definitely check it out. Yeah. Just keep no time. diggity, no doubt. Just right. keep Peter David the hell away from Young Justice. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Look, his, I mean, his episode the, sucked, man. Oh, it, was, it was bad. It, was. it actually was. <laughs> Those cartoons are fine, but if you're if you're going to be a real man, then watch oh! a real watch a real cartoon, Just like, oh. like the Adventures of Lady Rainicorn and Lumpy Space Princess and <laughs> Marceline and Bimo. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I have to say, I don't know if it's. I guess I now know how the Jones Farm people ended up drinking that Kool Aid and killing themselves. Because if you watch anything long enough with people that like it, you get indoctrinated into it. Yep. So I watched one this morning with my boys. So uh, funny. Where uh, where uh, Jake was upset because Finn and uh, and Lady Rainicorn never hung out with them together. And then uh, he gets the voice translator and it sounds like an old man. And he goes, that's I, why I threw that back. And that's why I threw that in the bin. So it's pretty funny. Best but line of the show. About Adventure Time. We're not talking about Walking Dead. It's like a it's castle for poor people. <laughs> <laughs> but, Where's the food? but anyway, if you don't feel like watching cartoon, you feel like reading something in your travels. Since we're since it's an all Marvel episode, um, <laughs> by Mister David Lapham, which people might not think of as a he's actually been doing a ton of work for Marvel. He did uh, Deadpool Max. Now he's doing this, uh, and art by uh, art chores by Roberto De La Torre. And that is uh, Age of Apocalypse number one, mm. which uh, there's a thread in the forums right now. But um, the the story uh, picks up where where the Age of Apocalypse universe left off in Rick Remender's Uncanny X-Force. Oh. So to those who are familiar with AFA from like the original Age of Apocalypse, like the stuff that just was collected in the um, Omnibu, this is later than that. Like this is later in the continuity. Um, Apocalypse is dead. So this is like post-apocalypse being gone. But uh, I'll tell you, um, when I saw the solicited, I wasn't sure what to expect because, you know, Lapham, you know, I think is more more known for his, his own stuff. Um, he's and dirty. he's a pretty, pretty dirty, raw guy. So I wasn't yeah. sure how he would be able to handle what is a, quote-unquote, in, incontinuity sort of, uh, you know, non-max title. But... Um, he does a great job. He picks up literally like right after Remender's story arc in the in the that that universe ends, and uh, it, I thought it was great. I mean, it's uh, again you have to like. I mean, if you were a fan at all of the Age of Apocalypse, then this is is great stuff. I mean, it's a a post apocalyptic setting, and uh, he he crafts interesting characters, some new, some old. Um, and I thought like as a first issue, it it reeled you in. It set the tone. It uh, you know it established a premise for. You know, an ongoing narrative. I thought it was great. So, yay! Yeah. All right. That's all we got, people. Stayed a little bit longer than usual. Two, two, two. It's not bad. Nice. nice oh, and you guys episode. were totally right about Saga, by the way. It's real good. <laughs> Damn right. I mean, not that I'm surprised, but it was ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Thank you for being here. Spend some time with us. We'll be back next week, same time. We hope you're here. Probably. Nah, we will be. <laughs> Because oh, yeah. we love you so much. Even Chris does. Uh-huh. He just plays uh-huh. stuff. Uh, Whitehead's going to be excited. I accepted his friend request on, uh, oh, on MySpace. <laughs> yeah. On MySpace? Yeah. That's funny. Oh, that's funny. I may even accept it on Google+. Plus. <laughs> Why don't you do it on Facebook, dude? I can't do it, dude. <laughs> Bye. Funny. Uh, see you Call next me. week. Bless your whitehead. Call David. Oh, 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 oh. Six six six. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, ooh, the number. The number. 206. 666. Why? It's only three numbers. doesn't mean anything. Gives it the power you want it to. That's right. See ya. 206-666-3666. It's a hotline. We love you so much. Bye. <laughs>